Hello, everybody. This is Jason Gardner from Radical Shift Coaching, where we simplify transformation. And today we have an amazing guest, a close friend of mine, a great performer, and a great creative mind, and a great businessman. His name is Al Millar. And um, I'm all those right things, am I? You are, you're, oh. you're, you're more than that, actually. Cool. You know? <laughs> I, if you want me to like, you know, espouse beauty and love, you're just like a great graphic designer. You're a great. Uh, you're a great. Um, cons- you can make. You're you're building wood stuff. You're you're uh, you're a great coach. You're a, you're a great friend. Um, got a great heart. Um, but we're here to talk about. Jack a few of things. all trades. A jack of all trades. We're here to talk about a few things. So first of all, hello, Al. How you doing? Hello. hello. Good. I'm good. I'm well. Good. No COVID? Good. Yes, me too. No yeah. COVID. And you've been out and about too, so you've taken a little bit of a, a, little yeah. bit of a calculated risk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I do what, an, uh, what I do as an entertainer is, or what I've always done is I hear about a place to perform and I go there. So that's what I've always did as a young performer. And then I, so I heard about uh, that Florida was open. And they were having street shows down there. Who hasn't heard that Florida is open? Yeah. <laughs> so I went and uh, started doing shows down there. And uh, yeah, I did uh, like December, January. Did a little bit in February when the Super Bowl was on. And I've been back uh, recently for a festival, the first Busker Fest to happen uh, in that? the US. was in just outside of Orlando. Nice. In Eustis, Florida. Uh, so I went to that. I just wanted to be a part of the first thing. You yeah, know? sure. Uh, yeah. How was that? Good. Yeah. No, I mean, it wasn't great. I mean, shows down there in Florida, it's not the same as it used to be. Yeah. The shows aren't, you know, packed in. Yeah, right. But you get people standing around in shade and, you know, differently. You can't really form an audience like you used to, but but you can still get a lot of people watching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, and so it feels like a show. Yeah. And yeah. and they seem to be uh, they seem to be more generous <laughs> than they used to be. Yeah, I, I, that's the sense that I get. Our people are, are really kind of starved for mm. for connection, for entertainment, for live entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, enough already with watching Netflix and YouTube. Yeah. It's like, okay, we've had so much of that this year, yeah. uh, more than ever. And now it's just like to be outside and to look at something that's happening in real yeah. time. <laughs> it's yeah, so like, cool. Like hearing about like things being open in Florida on the news and actually being there. It's different. It just feels like it just feels like normal life down there, mm-hmm. and like, but everyone's still masking up and doing what they have to do. Good. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. As much as it seems like oh scary or whatever, it's not, and it's like it's totally okay to come out of your shell and live your life and not be afraid of anything. Yeah, that's I. It's like there's there's taking there's there's being careful. Mm-hmm. And then there's being paranoid. And yeah. there's being really kind of like using that as an addiction, as mm. an obsession, as something to kind of obsess about and freak out over. Yeah, like, I, I can't go outside. There's a pandemic. You know, wiping down every little thing that, that you touch. And like, yeah. it's just enough already. It's We've already seen how it's shown up. We know that with a mod- modicum of safety, with just wearing masks and washing and just being normal mm. and living your life normally and not excessively, but just normally, you're fine. Most yeah. people are fine. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been traveling down there. I've been uh, going on planes. I've been going to conventions, uh, and I get I get I get I always wear my mask. I'm always uh, keeping apart from people. I'm always washing my hands, and I've had tons of COVID tests. Never had a positive yet, um, and it's just about being uh, 
being diligent about, uh, you know, obviously living a different life in public, mm-hmm. but you can, you don't have to be afraid to go out and do things. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, we, I, there's so much I want to get into with you because, I mean, you, you did this, you have this amazing project that you're working, working with now mm-hmm. called Ultimate, Ultimate Street Performer. And a few months ago, you, you made an incredible, I think one of the best videos I've ever seen, really, oh, yeah? about how to perform during COVID. Right. Um, it was it was literally, it was like everything you need to know. Right. <laughs> you literally gave everyone through experience because you yeah. did, were doing it. You literally told people exactly how to do it yeah. successfully. And then I was very surprised to hear that I really thought that everyone was going to be jumping on that and being like, okay, well, where do I work? Where do I work? And you're saying nah. that nobody, nobody still nobody, yeah. nobody came, showed up to nope. like, like, well, it was one sh- of, even even told them where to go and like. It was much. another one of those things. It was like I heard about a place by the beach up in New Hampshire where this was in August, by the way, mm-hmm. and this had been happening since June. People had been performing at that beach since June, and I didn't know about it until August. Uh, but I heard about it, and immediately I went, "All right, I'm going to try it." And I didn't have any large expectations or anything, but I'd spent a lot of time figuring out how to do my show without using volunteers, without having the crowd too close, you know, and and just figuring it out. And after doing a few weeks of shows there, I just figured out everything that you can do to make your show safe for yourself and for the audience. Yeah. So yeah. that's where that video came out of because I knew that people great. were, were uh, scared to go out and, and do – I mean, obviously yeah. some places you can't. Yeah, but you're right. I think people were, were me included, were afraid, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to 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 show up and get out there. Again. I almost got you up there on Labor Day. Yeah, I almost almost did. I almost. Forget, uh, I don't okay, know what uh, Labor Day. Ah, so close. That so was close. actually the best day. I bet it was. Yeah. That's okay though. Um, so interesting because street performing is such a metaphor for for how we live life, and it's like, you know, you have to show up. You mm-hmm. can't just think about it. You have to show up. Yeah, yeah. And you have to also have to let go of expectations. You mm-hmm. have to like, you know, if, you, if you're constantly expecting a certain result, you're going to be very disappointed. Yeah. You know? I just, I kind of run this mantra now is think small. Mm. You know? Tell I just, me about that. Um, well, yeah, exactly what you're saying is don't expect too much. Don't expect to do what you used to do and just try and do it at a smaller level and eventually it's going to grow to something bigger. So now... You know, if I go and do a show and it's like tiny, I just don't care. You know, I used to be like, oh, that's a hit to the ego or whatever. What if someone sees me doing a tiny show? <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. But now I just don't care. Now I'm just like, okay, I've got this many people watching. Obviously, the pandemic has affected how people want to gather and watch a show. So what I'm going to do is try and connect with as high a percentage of these people who are here as I can and get a larger tip from most of them than I yeah. used to kind of get. You hear that, beginners out there? <laughs> Think about it. Yeah. Five people give you 20 bucks. It's a $100 hat. Exactly. Five people, $100 hat. Yeah. Just five. Just five, yeah. So, I mean, if you have, if you have 25 people watching your show, you can walk away with a few hundred dollars. Easy. If you know how to do it. Yeah. So, don't think. So, I'm interested. So, this, I like, um, you said think small? Think small. Think small. So, how does that, but how does that affect because I mean, I have a sense of like always. I want to always have the best possible outcome in my mind. Right? Mm-hmm. I always want to like think the the most, like that the most is possible. So how do you balance thinking small with not playing small? I think it's starting small and not expecting it to get big. You know, just going okay. Uh, this is maybe difficult. I might not get a huge crowd. I might, 
And if I do, great. And in my generally in my existence, it's been that way. I've always ended up with something big, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and no matter how small I started with, whereas you know, these days is you you never really know how it's going to go. Mm. Um, you know, eventually it'll turn around, whatever. But in the times we're living in right now, it's best just not to have those expectations and just to whatever you get, just be grateful. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, there's nothing worse. And we've all been there, you know, feeling, you know, doing a show and doing and, and making people happy, but yet mm. not being happy about the show. Like there's yeah. kids in the show, there's people that just loved it. And yet we didn't feel like we right. made enough maximized. money or enough people maximized. And yet yeah. people walked away loving it. Yeah. And, you know, we're walking away with feeling, you know, I just, uh, I just, I have this dream, right? Um, years ago, I had this dream where I found this place by the beach. And in the dream, uh, I show up there at the same time every day. And all the people there, they're all there because I'm there, right? They're all sitting on the grass waiting. And I don't have an amplifier. I don't like make a big production out of it. They just know I'm coming at seven o'clock on whatever day. And, and it's like a tourist kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the next day there's all different people there waiting cause they heard, Oh, that's, this is where you go on Friday night to watch this guy do this thing. Um, and so, you know, ever since then I've been thinking about that. Like, where is that place? Like I can see it. I can that's remember amazing. it in the dream. I wish I could find it. And one day I probably will. And but you've been so many places you haven't seen it yet. No, I haven't. That's, but I, our dreams made up so cool. of places that you've been like or do you just make them up uh there's a philosophy about the dreams is, is another reality state right that potentially i mean you are you could tapping into a future database mm. potentially that there's something that exists but i imagine that like when i say think small i imagine like like i bought a, a camper recently and i imagine like living in a camper just going to the beach and uh you know having little picnics and little barbecues and then on friday i go and i do my show for the people and then saturday i do another one and then i have the whole week off and i'm just living in a camper by mm-hmm. the beach doing a few shows every week um you know living locally local produce local meat local like just mm-hmm. you know so when i say think small th- those things are kind of included as well yeah it's also think minimalistically too mm-hmm. like a minimalistic kind of vibe mm-hmm. man I, I i love that i, I you know, I talk a lot in my coaching about people, you know, about being intentional about how you want to live your life, like mm-hmm. how you want to live your days. Like how many free days do you want? How, how many days do you want to work? I mean, we get, you get to decide that. We get to decide that. Well, you, you, right? also, like I just had too many days off in a row. Oh, yeah, sure. You know, yeah, like there's are. something to be said about going to work and working and sweating and getting like sunburnt and and dirty and then get, getting home and taking a shower and flopping on the couch and just going, ah. Oh. It's the best. And like, that's great. Yeah. But when you wake up in the morning and you don't have anything to do, you know, or, you know, just so many days off in a row, no possibility of performing or anything, mm-hmm. it's just like, it just wears you down. It's too many days off. You need to do something. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, I just, I really have to, I have to busy my mind when I have too many days off. Mm-hmm. I've have to have projects right right mm. yeah so smart i mean uh, yeah because and it, it's so important during the during this last year is to really create projects and that's the beauty of the pandemic is that people have really a lot of people have started a lot of new projects mm-hmm. i mean that's kind of been the the 
the call to action. It's like, what are you going to do with this time sitting at home? What are you right. going to do? You're going to bake some bread, which is cool. You're going to do that. That's great. <laughs> that's great. Some people become bakers. Some people, yeah. you know, start exercising, and you know, that's why the Peloton thing went off like, completely because everyone's mm-hmm. like, what am I going to do with my stuff myself? So, um, so, 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 tell me about. Let, let's just jump right in. I'm so excited to talk about this. Um, so, Ultimate Street Performer is a course for how to become a street performer or how yeah. to improve. Or how to improve. Yeah, how to become a professional, world-traveling, successful street performer. Yeah. 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 And there's no one better than you to have a course like that mm. because um, it's a combination. Is Not only you're a really great teacher, mm-hmm. you really are. Um, you're organized and clear and simple. But you also have the experience. Mm-hmm. And so two things that really are important that people want. Yeah. You know, they really want to, A, you're not going to listen to someone who's not doing better than you. Right. That, that would be stupid. And then, you know, you have so much experience to draw from that you, we can just literally ask you anything and you pretty much have an answer for it because you've kind of experienced it. Mm-hmm. Or even if I haven't experienced it, I can listen to whatever the query is and imagine how I would react yeah, to it. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. So speaking of course, so tell me about the course. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, I've obviously been street performing for 24 years. And uh, there's, you know, there's there's a couple of types of street performer. There's there's ones that come in and they do 10, maybe 5, 10, 15 years, and then they move on. Or they do five years, then they move on. Or they move on to something else or whatever. And then there's the lifers, you know. There's the people that are street performers forever. And I think I fall into that category um, because I, I don't really see my. I, I like going to do paid gigs, and I do them. Uh, and I like going to festivals and stuff. But I find I find the most joy in rolling up and doing a street show, and getting people from who didn't expect to see it to gather and laugh and pay for something that they didn't expect to see. So I get more more out of that than I do than going to a gig where people expect to see you. Um, so why is that? I think I just I just get more um, satisfaction out of out of uh, making it happen on the street where it's not expected. Mm. Um, rather than at a festival, obviously you get a bigger crowd and a bigger reaction at a festival, but if you get that same big crowd and big reaction just on a it regular means, it street means more. performer. It means regular, way more. Yeah, it does. It's much, much more. Yeah. Because um, they don't know you were, you were going to be there, you know. Um, and so, you know, I'd been doing that up until last year. I, uh, you know, I, I did, I think my last street shows were Thanksgiving 2019. And then I had a couple of gigs over the winter and then pandemic, um, you know, all the gigs that were coming up all dropped off. They all went and dropped like flies. That's right. Um, and, you know, the first couple of weeks was, all right, I guess I'm going to paint the house. I guess I'm going to watch this movie I wanted to watch. I guess I'm going to do this, do that. And then it was like, okay, it's a couple of weeks now. I'm not making any money. Um, I'm going to sign up for, I'm going to go deliver groceries. So I did that for about three days. <laughs> wow, dude. And I went, eh. Okay, this is okay, but it's it's pretty shit. So, um, what what am I going to do? Okay, I'm going to write. I'm going to write. So I started writing. I'd started a couple of chapters of a book years ago, and so I read them. And I went, okay, I, I should start this again and just tell my story of how I became a street performer. And 
I don't know, I maybe got 20 chapters in. I wrote a lot. Um, but then just one random morning I was watching, I was on Instagram and I saw uh, some kind of ad that caught my attention. It was like a, make a one-page website to sell whatever. And I watched it and then it took me to a webinar and I watched that and it kind of taught me how to make a good website that sells one thing. And I was like, oh, I've, you know, whenever I've coached performers, I've sent them this little booklet that I wrote of like, um, you know, just all the all the steps you need to take to be a street performer. And it was only 40 pages or something, but it really just covered everything very vaguely of, you know, everything you need to do to start being a street performer. I was like, oh, wow, if I, if I turn that, like if I expanded on that a little bit and um, maybe I can make a one-page website and, and sell a PDF for a little, you know, just to make a little bit of money or whatever, um, that would be something that I have that I can contribute right now. Um, I was like, okay. So I started looking into building the website and copyright and stuff like that and and I didn't realize I didn't, didn't know how to write, like uh, how to sell stuff on yeah, websites, right. you know, how to copyright so I reached out to um, my cousin, John, who's an entrepreneur in Australia, written books, has courses, has all this stuff. And I said, can you help me out with some copywriting? And he got back to me. He said, let's have a conversation. I'll call you on the phone. Call me on the phone. Talk to me for about two hours and convince me that like this little book thing was not enough. He said, you got to – because you're, you're like the best at this. You need to um, write down everything you know everything you know and everything you don't know you know i was like okay i guess there's a lot of things that i don't know i know so i need to write down he's like here's what you do you write down if, if you want to get someone from a to to z as a street performer a being complete novice z being um how to be like you know professional well-traveling successful street performer write down all the steps and in within those steps write down another 10 steps within each of those steps I was like, ah, oh, I think I can do that. So I started, I, I switched from writing this book about my journey as a street performer. I switched to writing out this course and he convinced me to do it as a, like an online video tutorial course. And, uh, and that's how it started. I just started writing the, um, the sections. I started writing each, each module and each chapter and I separated all the chapters. So they're only one subject. So it's really easy for people to digest and uh, and after about six weeks of writing, I was like, I'm done writing. I need to start recording. I wasn't done writing, but I was like over it. You know what I mean? Right, I'm yeah, like, I've yeah. had enough of writing. I outlined it enough so that I could write them as I did them. Yeah. So I started uh, I started recording them in I think July, and um, you know, basically, I'd wake up in the morning, I would look at the script, and then review it, um, edit it take out words that I didn't need and then in the afternoon I would record it and edit it and and then I had like a video done, you know, and then I had three and eventually it took me months but I did 78 of these tutorial mm-hmm. videos. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah. and uh, uh, so, so so much stuff in there that you're talking, so many good things that you're mentioning. Mm. Um, but yeah, so now it's then, you know, mm-hmm. among all that, I had to figure out how to build the website, how to host the course, right. how to sell the course, how to yep. build a tribe, how to, how to get people to uh, believe what I'm saying. Yep. You know, so all that came from just reading books. I read tons of marketing books uh, from entrepreneurs that, uh, you know. As, what, as, what books? 
I read um, Digital Millionaire Secrets by Dan Henry, uh, which was a bit of an eye-opener. Uh, I read Dan. Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson. Fantastic. Which is uh, like the Bible. Yeah. Anything by Russell Brunson. Right. I read uh, Copywriting Secrets um, by – his name is escaping me. I'm yeah, on my computer with me. Anyways, Jim Edwards. Okay. Copywriting Secrets. Um, that was pretty cool. You, um, you, you recommended Profit First? Was that – no, you no. Recommend that to me? No, no. I, re- I think you recommended Ask to me. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Levesque. Ryan Levesque. Levesque. Yeah, Ask. That's, that's I read that. B- brilliant. Yeah, brilliant book. And I think the most helpful one was Launch by Jeff Walker. That's the one you recommended to me. Launch. Yeah. yeah. Launch. Yeah. Um, and since then, I've read uh, The Consultant Next Door by Taylor Welch. Um, mm-hmm. And what did I just get? I just got um, Sell Like Crazy by Sabri Subi. He's an Australian entrepreneur. Right. So those yeah. are like yeah. those are the books that I read and I'm reading sure. to to get me like right. to make the course that I made a success. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, okay, let's stop here for a second. So mm. a couple of things are just so amazing. Um, first of all, so here we're talking about guy Al who is well accomplished and highly skilled and successful at what he does, and yet decided to do something that he didn't know how to do. Mm. So a lot of people, you know, the ego takes over and they just really don't want to ask for help. They want to figure it out on their own. They, and it takes them so much longer because they just, just are, they don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, you know, it makes sense because you just, instead of, you, you just said, all right, who, who do I need to contact? Who, who, yeah. you know, yeah. who do I need to, you know, who, do I need, who knows this stuff? Yeah. And you're like, oh, and it's, it's amazing how much, how close it is to us. So you have a, a family member yeah. who, who, it's like, that's how close it is. And you, go, you, you call up and you say, hey, and then they're like, yeah, here's what you need to know. Yeah. And then you f- went forward and did the stuff. So it's not just, yeah. you know, so it's again, you don't, you didn't know what you didn't know anything. You didn't know what you didn't know, but you, you, you were able to ask for help, mm-hmm. find out what it is, and then continue to build. Mm. And also, the other thing I wanted to draw out was, the compound effect, which is a great book, by the way, which is a little bit at a time. You know, yeah. you, those videos didn't happen. You didn't think to yourself, "I got to record seventy-eight videos today." Nah. You said, "I'm just going to record this one." Yeah, and then I'll record this one. Yeah, well, it was it was even you know? less than that. It was waking up in the morning and going, yeah. "What's the next subject? Let's start writing." Yep, and you write it, and then mm-hmm. oh, that's that's all I've got. Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess yeah. I can shoot that now. There's a great acronym, Win. What is next, or who is next mm-hmm. to win? You know, that's mm. it. Just what is the next thing on your? That's it. Another thing is another quote is a, I don't know who said it, but do the thing and you'll have the power. Mm. Which means whatever the thing is in front of you, do that thing, mm-hmm. and then go to the next thing because you will have the power. Yeah, which is what you got. Um, so great. And I, the first book, like I mentioned, that I read by Dan Henry, Mill- Digital Millionaire Secrets. It kind of the whole book convinces you that you should sign up for his coaching course. Of course right? They all do. They all do. Um, and I was like, that, you know, I, yeah, okay, I, 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 I can see value in that. And and then I found out how much it was, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm acting like one of those clients now that doesn't want to, doesn't want to pay the money to get the help. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, uh, coincidentally, uh, at the, around the same time I was thinking about that, I came across Course Creator Pro, right? And like, I, I, one of their, um. You know, Instagram ads hit me and I watched their webinar and basically they show you how to build a course. It's a great, I have it. It's, how, great. Yeah. it's a great. Create, market and sell an online course. course. So I, I followed that course to the letter. Yep. I built my course. Amazing. I marketed my course, everything using Course Creator Pro. Yep. And that was affordable. You know, it was more like 700 bucks yep. to buy in. Um, 
and you know and and but I listen to the Dan Henry podcast I listen to the Taylor Welch podcast I listen to all these guys podcasts because they give away all their best stuff in their podcast yeah all the time so the time. you know because most people by the way and you are a little bit of a, a, an anomaly but most people with that information don't do anything with it mm. that's why these guys give it away because they know yeah. the fact that most people will not will not actually take it and run mm-hmm. with it they don't. I, I see it as uh, didn't Bruce <laughs> Lee say something like uh uh, take take what you need and discard the rest. Sure. You know, like yeah. when I'm listening to something, I hear like a couple of points, and I'm like, that makes sense for me teaching mm-hmm. a street mm-hmm. performer. Yep. Everything else I don't need. Yep. So then I write that stuff down, and I actually, I oh, was on masterclass as well. I uh, there's this one called Persuasion by um, Daniel Pink. Yeah. Uh, masterclass. Sure. I got that one. That was that was really awesome too. And obviously, it's you know the whole the whole thing. I, I learned a lot, but there's only a couple of things that I learned that would help me, you know. So you take on what you need and discard the rest. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah, it was it was it was about seven months of work, and then I, I used the launch the, the launch sequence from Launch by Jeff Walker, and I, I launched my course in November, and it, it uh, went really well. A lot of people bought in, and then. Uh, you know, and then I did a, uh, a a promo recently where I held a live webinar, right? And um, and I got about forty two people on the call. Fantastic. Um, yeah, and I, I held a live webinar. I basically, you know, I gave a bunch of valuable information away in the webinar, and then and then did a pitch for my course at the end, and I had eight people buy in, uh, which was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm up. A, I'm th- I think I got about three dozen students now, uh, which is cool. You know, I guess if I had a much, if I had a bigger market, you know, uh, or you know, people were able to perform more now, I would have more students. But I think that's pretty good for being such a young course. Yeah, I think it's a great, great return. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, <clears throat> even for a webinar, it could get almost you know like twenty percent, or more than of. Mm-hmm. of, of of people buying in, yeah, it's fantastic, yeah, um, yeah, and I'm curious because you know I, I think there's something that can be done. With your course can be maybe the next version of it is is how to apply that towards life, mm. yeah, right, and therefore your, your market now is not just street performers, mm-hmm. but, uh, entrepreneurs, yeah, for example, that's the that's metaphor of street <clears throat> how it applies to any running any business, yeah. Then we're talking. Yeah, because no, uh, I've or, I've already kind of made an outline for a course like that. Good. Um, and I I'm a I'm a believer just because things have always just kind of come to me when I needed them. Mm-hmm. I know I don't know what I need to know right now to make that happen, but I know that in the future I'll know what I need to know to make that happen. <laughs> Tell me about that. How is that philosophy? How does that it's, How does that come about? That because I, I I agree and yeah. I, I feel the same way. So. We talk about thoughts becoming reality, right? You know, so, or, mm-hmm. or just so. Tell me about what your what your what are your what are your feelings about that? Well, I don't know. Like, just when I when I started performing, that's how it kind of came for me. You know, it was like I uh, I just I just kind of learned naturally. And when I started building this course, the things I needed to know kind of came along when I needed them. You know, like uh, 
Like when I needed to know how to build a website, all of a sudden uh, some kind of Instagram post would pop up and then mm-hmm. here's how to build uh, – here's a webinar teaching mm-hmm. you how to build – okay, uh, now I need to know about this. Now I need yeah. And yeah. just all of a sudden just things mm-hmm. just falling into place. Yeah. And and things that I, I kind of catalog things as well. You know, I'd be like, oh, I need to learn how to do that at some point. I better catalog that in my brain somewhere. Yep. And yep. then two months down the track when I go, oh, I need to learn that now. What was that? Oh, that was that's what it was. You go check it out, and then yeah. there you are. And um, and a lot of different things I've learned over just my life have made it into my course. You know, yeah. um, basically because a lot of street performers don't have a financial plan and they don't have a lot of financial legitimacy. You know, they kind of just get their hat money and they use it to pay for things, and that's it. Um, so I I made a, a small section at the end of my course on here's how to take your hat money and make a financial security blanket for yourself, uh, which is something that I probably didn't need to include, but it's something that I've learned over the years and mm-hmm. it's something I think could be helpful well, I for think people. so. I think it's a beautiful like epilogue to mm-hmm. the thing. It's like, okay, so now now you've done now it. Now you've done it. So what are you going to do with that what money? What are you going to do with your like, money? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because this isn't, it's, for most people, this is not a forever career. Yeah. Even if you want it to be, yeah. you never know. It's one of those things. Yeah. That we've had friends who've just, you know, you fall off a unicycle or something. Mm-hmm. You could just, you yeah. never know, or just get sick and you, because it's such a physical job that if you're not completely able, yeah. you, you'll, you'll, you can't work anymore. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. that's it. He's, I see mentors of mine who still live that way you know they don't have things they don't have security and they're still out there working and and it's like okay so the point of that last the point of that final module that i try and make in the videos is you need your goal needs to be to be able to make money without doing shows because that is going to be the reality of your life one day right make money without doing shows yes yeah 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 so the thing about, I mean, you're a very positive person. So the thing about, about allowing things to happen, you know, uh, uh, you know, knowing or having expect, an expectation or knowing that, mm-hmm. that the information will come to you when, it, when you're ready to mm-hmm. receive it. The way that that works is imagine it's like a radio frequency <clears throat> and positivity and creativity and all that love. And it's all at this high, it's a, a certain frequency. It's actually a high frequency. Mm-hmm. You can even measure it. You can measure the brain waves. But imagine that as a radio station. Mm-hmm. When you're tuned into that radio station, the manifestation, things are possible. Things mm-hmm. show up just when they're needed. Things just, it's just things tend to work out. It's mm-hmm. the belief that things work out for me. It's just a positive. Yeah. But the way that that won't happen is when you tune into a different frequency, which is negativity, doubt, right. you know, lack, like, oh, 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 you know, I don't know. I have those right? things too. We all do. But I just... I just go, ah, I'll just do it anyway. See, that's the thing. <laughs> I tell people that it's okay to be negative. It's okay to have negative thoughts, but but can you let it go quickly and easily and gracefully, which is what you're saying is just, you know, you just let it go. It's just like you don't go down the rabbit hole of negativity because hmm. once you go down that way, I tell there's, there's no there's no bottom mm-hmm. to complaining. You can go on forever. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to stop it as quick as possible because once you start going into that complaining or negativity, you've changed frequencies and then, yeah, the information is not going to be there. I think it's also about recognizing that you're having a bad day and just go, tomorrow's going to be better. I love that. Yeah. You know, just, okay, I'm having a bad day. I'm complaining about things. I don't believe in myself. Uh, Just accept that that's today. Yeah. 
And yeah. tomorrow is going to be different. My coach yesterday was on a group call with with with, with all my with my cohorts, and and she said something like, uh, "So if you had a really bad Monday, just just forget it. Start your week over tomorrow. Just start your week on Tuesday. Nice. That's it. If it's, if it's a shitty day, just don't worry about it. Just start yeah. over tomorrow. Yeah. That's it. Sometimes the best advice is just to go to bed. Like some people, you have a shitty day, just go to bed. Yeah. End the day and yeah. then restart. Uh-huh. You know? Like, yeah, it's so cool. I, I'm going to bed early sometimes, <laughs> like 8 o'clock. I like, pull the sheets over my head. Even, I'm not even tired, but I will fall asleep because yeah. I know I'm done. I know I'm done. There's nothing more that I could do today. Mm. Like, I am. I need to reset. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then I wake up, and it's, it's another chance. Yeah, yeah I, I, <clears throat> obviously I have doubts that things will succeed. Like when I think of new things for my mm-hmm. show, when I think of, uh, you know, obviously the course – different things i obviously have doubts that they're going to work but i just tend to just do them anyway that's that's the key the secret here is and you're hearing it from al you're hearing from someone who's a master is that no one knows what the fuck we're doing Mm. no one no really no one really knows what the fuck they're doing yeah so stop thinking that you have to know what the fuck you're doing to do something (laughs) you just do the thing you have the power because you're doing it, and then you learn from it, and you learn so much more from fucking up than you do from succeeding. Yeah. I forget, I was watching some, I went to some conference years ago, and there was this guy got on stage, Jeff Pulver, his name is, and he was talking about he, he had 100 different companies. Wow. 100, and they all failed. Hmm. They all failed except for one. Wow. Vonage. Wow. He, he sold it for $150 million. Damn. Okay? But- you know, if he would have stopped after 50 failures, he would have never gotten to Vonage. Mm. Same with Harry Potter books. You know, she was told, you know, same with Tom Brady, told he'd never, ever be anything. Arnold Schwarzenegger told he'd never be an actor, yeah. you know, that he was stupid for being a bodybuilder because he was from Austria. Yeah, you fake it till you make it. Fake it. And it's not even faking it. So here's the other thing. I believe this. It's not faking it because here's the deal. The word author and authentic mm. have the same root. Mm. Auth, a, right, the same it's or so Latin. to be authentic mm. is to author yourself. Mm-hmm. So to create who you want to be is actually being authentic. It's not actually faking it mm. because you get to decide who you want to be in your mind. You get to just show up in any way you want to be. Yeah. It's again, it's your choice on how you want to show up. You know, you mentioned that because uh, recently in the last few months, I've developed a new act, right? And I've, a, a new thing that's going to be, Hey, here's my post pandemic show. The Alakazam, the human knot, that was my pre-pandemic show. Now I have this post-pandemic show. And uh, and I basically I booked myself into this festival out in Florida as Alakazam. And, uh, and I showed up as this new thing. I had like my new, it's called Tennis the Menace, right? Oh, man. Okay, it's, it's basically a guy dressed in tennis gear doing show doing tricks with tennis stuff. That's great, dude. Rackets, so you're, balls. So like, if you don't know, Al, Al is one of Al's signature Routines, um, which is an old, old like carny thing, is squeezing yourself through through a side through a tennis or some kind of hoop or tennis yeah. racket. But Al took it and really kind of really owned it. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's been it's been a kind of a staple of, of mm. your show for 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 how long? When, when did you start doing that that bit? Uh, how many nine, years in? Ninety eight. How many years so in did you did one you come year up in? Because that that really to you was was a game changer for you. Yeah. Right? That that to me. Yeah, that's, a, that, that, it's that, the that's most really visual. my signature move. That's yeah. my signature trick. Yeah, you told me when I was getting tied up, that was my, like getting tied up is my, is my, is my um, racket. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the moment where people walk by and go, so I got to stop. stop. I got to stop. This guy's getting tied up. This guy's in a racket. You know, yeah. we got to watch this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, I just know. showed up with this new act 
Yeah. Uh, no one expected it, but yeah. here I am. I got the new outfit. I got the new tricks. Yeah. I got the new every, new sign. Yeah. Everything, yeah. Uh, and it went great. People, yeah. it's fresh. <laughs> it's new. And all my performer yeah. friends were like, "Oh, what's this? I like it." Um, Something to jam on too with friends too. Now, yeah. hopefully, you know, yeah, to kind of jam on with you about about the this is a new project. So yeah, a new whenever, project. Whenever performers have a new thing, we all kind of want to, you know, <clears throat> yeah, we want to kind of suggest ideas and jokes and yeah. So that's the thing is like. You know, right now I come up with a bunch of new jokes and when you come up with new jokes at home, you know, only like 5% of them actually land in the show. The best stuff comes from performing the show. Yep. So I get out there and I perform the show a few times and I'm finding all this funny stuff yep. within the show and all the stuff that you write is like, ah, that's average. This stuff I'm finding in the show is much better. Yeah, and it's often stuff that you don't even. It's yeah. stuff that you would never write at home because it, you it's, never it's even just, think it's about just it in the moment. And sometimes it's just something you say, it's just in the moment that doesn't even sound funny, and yet the audience just loves it. It's like little spontaneous things like that. comedy is yeah. the funniest stuff. Yeah. Um. So hmm. yeah, it was uh, just a way to also overcome that. Oh, is this going to work? Is this going to fail? Is it going to be any good? Just go and do it and uh, just do it and don't care if it's any good. You know, obviously I know how to do a show, so mm-hmm. it's going to be all right. Yeah. Um, and just will it land? And it landed. And what I found is that it's actually a more family-friendly version of my show. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's my, my regular show is shirtless most of the time and uh, has a lot of innuendo and, and you know, I, I – I guess as I'm getting older, I, I have to stay more clear of that stuff. You know, as you get older, maybe that stuff doesn't work as well as it used to. So, yeah, I think that's what I discovered doing this new thing is, oh, this is actually a more family-friendly version of my show and that's going to play better for, like, get gigs and festivals and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's, that's really people, performers really take that take that to heart. You right. Know? And people tend to like the name too, Tennis the Menace, just because it's, it's like it's got this it's good this familiar ring to it. Yeah, you know, but it's tennis. Yeah, it's it's good. I, I, I <laughs> can, I can, I can, I, what color shorts are you wearing? Are they red? No, um, no. I'll show you a photo. I got one right here. It's it's all it's all tennis up. gear. Yeah. So I picture um, you like nineteen seventies shorts, but I no, no, like modern tennis guy. Okay, modern so a tennis really guy. bright shirt, right? A visor, the sweatbands. Yeah. Uh, the really bright shoes. You can't see them in this photo, but I've got shoes that are the same color as the tennis ball. Nice. And um, <laughs> yeah, so that's that's my new promo shot. Show the camera. I don't think. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, a bit awesome. bit far away. Yeah, but yeah, whatever. You can look it up if you go to alakazamshow.com, dot com. You mm-hmm. can see all my photos. And we'll leave links. I always leave links <laughs> in, in the in the description and all that. Yeah. Jazz. Yeah, man. So what else? Uh, so what's the um. So what's the future of, of the course? Where, where do you, where do you well, where like do you go I, with that? Well, like I was saying, I don't, really, I don't really know, you know. I just kind of, when I learn things, I go, oh, I'm going to do that. Um, so basically what happened in January was I came back from Florida after doing a bunch of shows and I said, okay, I'm going to tackle the next part of Course Creator Pro, which is Facebook ads. I'm going to start doing Facebook ads for my course. Um, so I had this old ad account and I went in there and it had been disabled. So, okay, that one's done. So I created a new ad account, put up an ad and the ad got, um, flagged for some reason. Yeah. It's confusing. Huh? Okay. Um, so I went, 
I, I, I read up about it. I did like a lot of research on it. I did a review and everything. And, uh, and then I, so I basically, I took away all the copy in the ad and just put up the video, right? And that, that worked for a while. But then after about a week, the account, ad account got disabled, right? Again, so my second ad account got disabled for no good reason. I mean, I, look, I read all the rules okay. and nothing I say in my ad violates any of the what, what 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 would be a violation what kind of thing no, would be a violation? what, what would be remember a exactly but what, just like saying um, i mean obviously the, the obvious stuff saying you, you can make this amount of money in this amount of claims. time you can lose this amount of weight mate weight in this right, amount of time it. yep yep false but claims, i didn't right. have any of that none of that you know um and so after a while i needed i couldn't start another ad account because oh, you, you you you've started an ad account in the last whatever how many days you can't start another ad account so I got some help from some people who are Facebook ad, you know, experts. They're like, oh, you're going to have to create a dummy Facebook account and start this and that. And I was like, I don't want to. Yeah. I, I don't want to just get shut down for no good reason and no reason. They don't give you reasons. It's crazy. I go, I send them, I send them a thing. Well, what, how come my ad account got shut down? No response. Nothing. Nothing. Just your ad account's disabled. And you can't start a new one. So the next part of the, the course creator course is YouTube ads. So I'm looking at that. But what I, what I did early uh, was start to build a community. Um, I started to build a, fa a, a Facebook group. Because what happened last year, there, were, there was a, um, a busking, street performing Facebook group um, called PNET which was um, uh, because performers.net was a, a forum, an on online forum for yeah. years, for, mm -hmm. since like nine, yeah. in the late 90s. A good friend, Peter. Um, yeah, Jim. Jim. I said Peter. <laughs> Jim started yeah. that. Jim, yeah. Right. Um, Jim. Anyway, and it, it transferred into being a Facebook group, um, and you know it was full of performers. People would post things and that, questions, reviews, different things, all performer-related. And then last spring, there was kind of a, a shift. Um, one of the moderators, um, basically someone, a friend of mine from Australia who doesn't live in Australia anymore but lives in Europe, he, he put up a dummy post that said, hey, I went out and did a street show and this is how it went um, during the lockdown just to see what people would say, right? And whatever, okay, do that if that's what, you know, Get you worked up or whatever. That's how you want to live your day. Fine, but um, but the moderator got on and and basically was like, you know, oh, dude, this is, you can't do this. You shouldn't be doing this. Like, even if this is true, like, why why are you um, you know stressing us all out with this like fake post or whatever? And it got heated, and he ended up getting removed as a moderator, and then the moderator switched to like these three new people. And then I don't know what happened, but I think the group kind of died. Okay, after that, the group kind of died. You'd well, you'd see a post go up, and no one would comment on it. Yeah. Da, da, da. And uh, and you know, initially I was like, oh, this is where this is where I'm gonna have to, you know, uh, release the information on my course. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't wanna. So I I decided to make my own Facebook group, tips for street performers. And I just started um, uploading videos of me doing like a minute, minute and a half video. I'm just giving advice on a street show, on just little things that happen in street shows. Here's what to do if this happens. Here's what to do if this happens. Uh, and like overnight, I had like 500 people. 
and then it, it's slowly gone up, and it's like in the eights now. Um, but it's street performers from all over the world, and now I have my own group yeah. of people who, you know, I, I would say on the Pnet group, I I probably knew eighty percent of the performers on there. On my group, I probably only know about. 20, maybe less, 10% of the performers on there. A lot of new guys, huh? Tons, 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 tons of new people. So so that was good for me just to be able to have my own tribe, my own community. And I I put up a video every now and then just of street performing related. And sometimes it's kind of like an ad. Sometimes it's like, if you want to learn more about this, here's my website. You can watch a free 40-minute webinar. Um. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just a little bit of advice. And other times, um, like for the webinar, I just put up uh, a little video saying, hey, I'm going to host a webinar next next weekend saying um, uh, the subject being the three biggest mistakes that street performers all make and how to avoid them. And that's all I said. Here's a link if you want to sign up for it. Um, and that like, you know, um, captures people's email addresses. And then I have another tribe of email Email, yeah, uh, you right. know, um, contacts. So, yeah, all of that was happening simultaneously while I was building the course. And by the time I launched my course, I had so much free content out in that group that people trusted me. Yeah. And I started uh, started hosting uh, weekly Zoom calls where people could ask me anything. Just I called it Ask Me Anything. Mm-hmm. And performers could come on on the zoom call and asked me a question about street performing and I would just give him my best answer. Yep. Uh, and uh, that, uh, that went for about six weeks and that was right up until the, the launch of the course. And then I launched the course and most of the people who bought into my course were on those calls. Yeah. You know, cause they all had had like a more up close, a more personal experience from me than just mm-hmm. watching my videos. Yeah. I mean, so we're talking here about building the no, like and trust factor mm. in case you're wondering and uh yeah so obviously <clears throat> getting your tribe together is one way to do that mm. you know and then through these little videos and webinars is another way for people to learn about you <clears throat> and well trust, i mean trust you i had a reputation as a good performer yes but now i have a reputation as an expert on the subject yeah yeah which is what I had to kind of build. Like, right. you know, people, maybe they see a guy with a successful show. They go, oh, wow, that guy has a successful show. They don't think, oh, maybe that guy knows a lot more than I do. But, you know, now I kind of have built that expert vibe, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's so great. It's so good. Um, where, where are you? Uh, <clears throat> what's your next, what's your next, uh, what's your next? plan here what your next what's your next gig well um we're in april yeah i just got my first college gig oh yeah booked and that's in two weeks and that where's that uh in virginia okay they have an outdoor thing sure and they asked me to come in yeah i could see schools starting to hire people because yeah. i mean they could easily make it you know just they could easily social distance oh, yeah. into the whole the whole thing i mean it's yeah they've got very stadiums and tennis courts yeah and it's like, a controlled yeah. environment they could do it yeah Um, other than that, I've got a bunch of tattoo conventions booked. Um, but as far as street goes, I've only got a couple of things. And since Boston is not really open for street performing, I have to travel to do street stuff. So the street festivals in the summer, I've got a couple, a couple little gigs up like New Hampshire, Vermont, 
but not really anything solid for street performing. Uh, so it's mostly conventions and, and gigs and stuff right yeah. now, yeah. which is okay. Like I said earlier, I don't, I don't like them as much as the street, mm-hmm. but I'm going to take them when I don't have anything else. Yeah. It's just, I mean, uh, the city, I mean, I, I live right here in downtown Boston, so it's like the city is busy. I mean, the weekends are busy. Final yeah. Hall is busy. Yeah. I walked through there on the weekend, and there was definitely a show oh, to man. be had. Yeah. Definitely a show. <clears throat> I also saw, by the way, I saw someone, they're starting to encroach now on the, on the f- right, you know, where the, where the center of the buckets might be in the center on fa- West End, but behind the benches. Mm-hmm. I think they're starting to break break dance over there now. I think they're starting to uh, use that in front of Faneuil Hall. Yeah, which right. is you know, but I think Faneuil. I Hall, warned them. I told well, Joe and Mally that I know, I know. They, months ago. Yeah, I mean, we have to we have to be present. We have to get out there somehow. We got to do something because someone's it's survival. I mean, performers are going to show up in any spot they can, and if they can work legally in the city, then anywhere on the perimeter of Faneuil Hall, they could work mm. if they wanted to. Mm. You know, not to give them any ideas. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, no, I did. I warned them. I said that Josh told me that, that they, that's what they were going to do. And yeah. if they're doing it already, then that's that's what it is. Yeah. So we, and we, Joe O'Malley wrote back, I won't let that happen. Yeah, okay. I, I saw that email. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <coughs> He'll be I'm out sure there. sure he's out there every day. Saturday right? night at 10 o'clock. Yeah. He'll be out there yeah. at night. Sure you know, he is. Patrolling. And then, he's, of course, Joe O'Malley or whatever is going to, one single person is going to walk up to a group of break dancers and say, hey, you yeah. can't work. Yeah. You know, no, that's not going to happen. No, um, that's okay though. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get back in there. I mean, it just—I just think it's so. My guess, and I try to, I'm trying not to like have any expectations for the future. So far, I haven't had any dates in mind. But now I'm starting to feel like July Fourth. Somehow, I feel Someone like would be nice. Like I feel like July Fourth might be an opening day. I like, mean, anyone who wants a vaccine is meant to be able to have one yeah. by like the end of May. So. But the city's—I mean, you should see the North End. Packed. The restaurants are all packed, and now there's no more social distancing in the restaurants. Wow. It's just all just, they're all packed in. Wow. In and out. So, I mean, I don't really know why we can't do shows. Well, I mean, it's either the city's not giving Fannie Hall the permit, yeah. or Fannie Hall is not applying for the permit. Right. It's so, kind of a combination of both. Yeah. I mean, they've never, they always say they loved having us there. But they've always done their best to try and curb our um, our what we do. Yeah. So now that now that we don't really have an ally there, you know, the, which just the merchants now, they can just be like, oh yeah, the city said we can't do it. You know. Yeah. We don't really have an ally in in the the management anymore. It's un, it's a shame though because it's not like I have an ego about this, but the reality is that we do make that place pop mm. we make it happen and, and the real you know they they do a lot more business when there's performers out yeah and so and if we were to just start going in street performing down there and getting in trouble or whatever and getting court cases we would win but what we would win is sharing the pitch with everyone yeah with everyone no more street performer program yeah i actually had that, that vision in my mind about it turning into like a harvard square pitch mm. like i just had that vision about what that would look like mm. or even just actually what the vision i had was not not for everyone but just just our program itself because it's so like touch and go that it would just be mm. like all right saturday we're showing up and working you know mm-hmm. um which is easy for me because i live around the corner mm. <laughs> but um I, th- I think i think it'll come back together I, I yeah. do, I, you know. I really do think it'll come back um, sooner than later. That's my guess. 
Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm not banking on the spring. I'm not banking on anything, actually. No. No. You know, but um, I'm envisioning summer, mm-hmm. you know. And it's funny because I've been like, you know, my show has kind of been almost been like not erased in my head, but I definitely have forgotten a lot of it. Mm. And that kind of sucks, but it's Do you have true. video footage? I got some video footage, but I don't know. Do you yeah. have a script? I've got some scripts, but not not a complete one. Right could you now. could you write it out? And it's funny. I had a few. Yeah, I had a few. Right towards the end of the panel, I had a few jokes that were new. Mm. And I don't know if I have those. You right don't now. remember? I, I had a hundred dollar joke uh. that was landing me a hundred dollar tip. Nice. Way too much. Like yeah. it was becoming like a regular thing. It was so good. And I, I, I mean, I remember the the standard part of the joke, which was always gets a, always gets a laugh, never gets a hundred. Right. But what what was it that I said before that? Yeah, yeah. That was the thing. It's the combination because certain certain psychological jo- the jokes work like street jokes they're designed yeah. ones that work we just use them because they didn't even know they work yeah. but you got that one's got to be you got to have a joke first mm-hmm. otherwise it's not going to work yeah I mean uh, I had uh, I mean obviously I did a few shows at the beach in August and then I had months off creating my course and then the next time I was going to do shows was December and I was driving down to Florida so what I did is I looked at my script because uh, I have a script in my show that I look at i adjust all the time yeah whenever i think of a new joke and i replace an old joke i adjust the script so i looked at the script and i went i'm just going to record this into my voice recorder and it was weird it wasn't like i was doing my show i was just kind of yeah but then on the way down there i just listened to it in my earphones yeah and uh and you just start mouthing along to the words sure you know yeah you know what's coming you know what's coming next and then when i got to do my show um it just helped it helped me just remember I remember things I, I would forget. Right. You know, like little jokes here sure. and there. So I'm seeing this as an opportunity to, to create something new. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the thing. Is, and, and I, part of my coaching is, is about environment. You know, it's so important, the environment that we live in. And I think that would be a good topic for street. Yeah. It. I don't know how that's going to play yet, mm-hmm. but I kind of wanted to, I've always wanted to bridge the gap between me as a coach and transformation and the straight jacket escape somehow. Mm. And, and, you know, I could do that. You know, street's very interesting because you, you, can't, you can't completely go into just a coaching thing on street. You know, you yeah, well, balance. I was just – I had a, co- a conversation recently with AJ. I don't know if you know AJ. Yeah. He's a street performer from yeah, England. Totally. He's one of my mentors. Anyway, I did a Busker Hall of Fame uh, interview with him and I asked him what his specialty is. Like if, of all the things that you do in your show on the street, what's your specialty? And he says, I think it's coaching – uh, the 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 people, the volunteers, the ch- the kids that I pick out, and just that connection, that making them believe in themselves, you know, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, so it is possible. I like that. Thank yeah. you. That's great. Yeah, that's really interesting. Just that that concept of, of believing in yourself, and mm-hmm. I mean, look at me doing what I'm doing. You know, hanging upside down in a straitjacket. There's a lot of a lot of mm-hmm. trust and belief in myself. Yeah. Um. So it's perfect. You know, backdrop for talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, taking calculated risks. Um, yeah, so it's just I think it's what I'm what I'm what I'm knowing is that. <clears throat> so I did my show a few months ago at my my, my stepbrother's house in Milton. Mm-hmm. He had a bunch of people show up, so I could just do it. <clears throat> and I it was a lot of gaps, a lot mm-hmm. of like silence where I just didn't remember what to say. I knew there was something in there, but I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah, which is good because now I know that when I go back out and start to do this, uh, those gaps will get filled in with new, new stuff or yeah. the old stuff. So, the, but the audience has no expectations, they and don't. they don't know what's missing. Yeah. That's the thing is that everyone, no idea. Everyone who watched that show yeah. it was about fifteen people. They they loved they loved it, and yeah. I, I was really feeling very deflated. Like wow, I didn't. Right. 
did I even did I even do a show? Mm. Like I feel like I didn't do a show. Yeah. But again, it's it's very different. You're right. Yeah. People look at it. They they see a very different. No, thing. The, the audience only sees what you present to them. They mm-hmm. have no idea what you used to do. Yeah, they don't know what's in your head either. Yeah. They don't know where where the frustration no. is or or trying to remember a joke. You know um, what I mean? The difficult thing for me was, you know, taking a year off contortion, you know, it's difficult to do now. Some of my moves <sighs> kind of hurt. Wow. And yeah. my back hurts and things Dude, hurt. I've got like 15 extra pounds on me and hanging upside down on the ankle. Yeah. That hurts on the ankles. Yeah. Like I got to actually condition myself a little bit. So that's where, that's why I created the, the new act. Right. Because it's a little easier on the body. Mm-hmm. It's something different. And and it's not, uh, you know, I don't want to bill myself as the contortionist anymore because I don't feel like I can deliver a show as a contortionist and not hurt my body, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that was part of it. And I feel like, you know, this, the, the whole 2020, like pre-2020, here was my show. Post-2020, here's my show. It's just good to have something new. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely a good idea to you know, create something new out of out of all this time and mm-hmm. what we've had. I've always wanted to do a show with just nothing. <clears throat> I've always... I know, you know, right? I've always wanted to just... And to me, the, the only prop would be a, a wireless mic. Well, I mean, that's... You can do it. You don't have to do... That's that's just being a speaker, you know? Right, you, you already do that, yeah, so... Yeah, I'm speaking. You're, you're just being a speaker. And the thing is, if you wanted to be like a stand-up comedian... Um, the audience expects jokes. They expect to laugh. If you want to be a speaker and you want to speak about a topic and you're funny, that's like a huge win, mm-hmm. you know, for, right. a, for a speaker to, right. to be funny. Yeah. Like that's a huge – and like just knowing how to make people laugh, knowing mm-hmm. how jokes work, knowing yeah. how to say a sentence so it gets a laugh. Yeah. That's huge for right. a speaker. Like that's how people, that's how people like you. Yeah, you know they they la- they're laughing. I like this guy; he's funny. Yeah, you know, and then they want to know what what it is you're talking about. Yeah, so that's great. That's that's how you do it. That's how you do a show without any props. Is you just do you're a speaker. That's your thing. Yeah, I, I, it's something that, that I've you know I, I I I've been doing it so over this pandemic. Basically, what I've done is transferred over to doing a lot of speaking gigs. Mm-hmm. So so far in the new year, I've already done like twenty five wow. speaking gigs. Um, and it's, I started out just like we were talking about. I mean, I didn't really have a talk. I mean, I booked the gigs and then mm-hmm. created the talk and created the slides and yeah. just 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 got better at it. And just uh, my first one out was I was like I had I think it was my first talk was like twenty one tips, right? And then it was like eighteen, and then it was fifteen, and then it was eleven, and then it was five, and then it's three, and now it's just the one thing. One thing. <laughs> I couldn't fit it in. It was yeah. ridiculous. I was trying to fit the shit in, and yeah. I was over-delivering, way well, over-delivering. That's uh, uh, Expert Secrets is all about the one thing. The one thing. The one know? thing. That's it. You know? yeah. It's just really, you know, so it's just how, to, how to have a radically shifted life. Yeah. That's it. You know? how to, how to so what's radical. the one thing? One thing. <laughs> what is the one thing? <laughs> what is it? What is the one secret? Yeah. Getting in front of it. Right. That's the secret. Mm. Everything starts with a thought. You got to get in front of it. Mm. You know, you got you to create that in your head. Before it's actually manif- in physical reality, you got to create it first. And there's mm. ways to do it, um, actual techniques and tips, and actually how to get in front of it. We're talking about visualization, of course, mm-hmm. but we're talking about belief and knowing as mm. well. Because when we talked about it earlier, about if you cut yourself off with knowing, if you have a thought and they go no or but, right. then then that's it. It's it's not gonna it's not gonna show up. Mm-hmm. You know, I I something. 
I, you know, the, the word but is, is, is awesome because anything that follows the word but is bullshit. Mm. Think about it. Right. It's a lie. And someone says, I want to do this, but, and then they say the next thing. Uh-huh. It's, it's, just, it's just a fabricated piece of shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, I mean, with my clients, I'm always, I stop them. Oh, like, man. Stop, at the, stop before you hit the word but. Yeah. I want to what? Just say the thing you want to do. It's funny. Uh, one, of the, one of the podcasts, Dan Henry podcast, he was like, he, um, he, he has this thing, buyers are liars, <laughs> right? So any, any client that comes on the call that, he, that is, is gives him these excuses, you know, exactly as but, you know, oh, yeah, I need help, but, you know, and, and they make up this thing, reason, whatever, why, yep, why not? Yep. And so he says, yeah, buyers are liars. <laughs> yeah, it's It's so funny, though. Like, I, I find a lot of my course sales come from people getting in touch with me on Instagram or on Messenger. They'll send me a message. Yeah. And what I've learned is you just help help them, help them. That's it. They, they, they come on, they ask you a question, you help them. That's it. They want to know something about street performing, I help them. Yep. And then the next day, I get an email that they bought the course. Yep. You know? So I have an acronym for that one. It's not, it's not an acronym. Acronym is a, an acronym versus initialism. An acronym actually has to make a word. Mm. So people, it's a, it's a, people often say like, an, you know. So anyway, the acronym is SMS. Mm. It's not a word really. Uh, but SMS is texting, right? But it's social media service, mm. SMS. Yeah. So, you know, every day, get online, go on Instagram, go on your Facebook groups and serve people. Mm. Don't sell. Yeah. Don't fucking talk about yourself. No, no, that's it. Just serve and watch your messenger get a ding because mm-hmm. people are going to contact you. Because I tell people it's so simple. Because of the, the way that social media is set up, as long as your profile or bio says what you do with a link to your shit, that's all they need. Yeah. So that you, you help someone, they go, oh, who's this guy, Al? Click on your, your bio, oh, wow, cool, click on your link, and, you know, and then they're, they're in your world. You know, funnel. Funnel. It's a simple, it's a, it's a, it's a simple funnel. You right? let the sales funnel do the selling, and you just do the helping. That's it, just the service, yeah. the service. And the opposite, of course, is you know, uh, um, it's the person who walks into a party and talks about themselves. Mm. So the idea of that is that, yes, there's going to be a couple of people that are kind of hanging on every word, a couple of people, but everyone mm-hmm. else is going to think a guy's a dick, and they're not going to tell him that. Yeah. They're not going to say anything. <laughs> they're just going to be like, I don't like that guy because he's talking about himself. Yeah. Same thing about social media and pr- Facebook groups. If you get on there and start promoting, yeah, you might get a hit. Mm. You might get a couple people, that, and you think it's working, but everyone else in that group is going, nope. Yeah. I'm never going to link. Never going to yeah. click on your link. Yeah. Because they're thinking this guy is so transparent. Yeah. So it's simple, you know. Um, totally committed and totally unattached is a great way to look at that. Mm. Right. Committed to serving, but unattached to the result. Mm-hmm. That's just a, such a nice way to live. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's uh, that's definitely what has helped a lot. Is you know when people message me, just don't try and sell them the course at all. Just nope. answer their questions. Yeah. You know, and help them out, give them a bit of inspiration. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Same with the Facebook group. Yeah. Just try and give people a little That's inspiration. It. That's what it's for. Yeah. One of my favorite things to hear in a webinar is um, when, when, the, when the person who's selling their course or product says, most of you <laughs> who buy this won't even use it. Right. I, love when, I love hearing that, that, like, that negative, it's almost reverse psychology, but it's All like right. the idea of just being so honest with, your, with, your, with, your, with the people, saying you know, most of you are going to, Gonna listen to this webinar, mm. for example, and then you're not gonna follow through with the, with the, with uh, you know the three biggest mistakes. Most of you won't even yeah you won't even follow through with those. Yeah, you won't even learn from it. Yeah. you know, and that's why I've set up this thing for you. You know what I mean? You know, 
and it really was. It's really the three, the three pillars, you know, of street performing. It's how to hold a crowd. Yep. How to get paid. In the middle. And one. how to get gigs. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, those were the three mistakes that I told people. Like, the, here's what you're doing wrong if this is not working for you, you know. Nice. And, uh, and that's really all of it. It really I boiled it down to three things. I mean, I could probably do a whole webinar on crowd building. You yeah, know? there's a middle piece, but it's kind of kind of assumed to give them something, do right. something. But that's right. kind of a, assumed if you're mm. doing it. I mean, you're setting mm. up, you're doing something. But I remember years ago, I think it was either you or JP said to me, you know, it's uh, get him to stop, get him to watch, and get him to pay. Stop, stay, pay. Stop, stay, pay. Right, same thing. Right, yeah. you know that, and that's really it. And it's like. If you're if you're a beginner and you're starting out, you know, ten minutes, you know, I mean, I, and I remember starting in Australia and watching our friend Emma, who was quite accomplished at, the, at that time, and she was doing these twelve minute shows and yeah. just making a killing. Yeah. And then I remember uh, I don't want to mention her name, but someone putting her down and saying that's not a real show; mm. it's only ten minutes. And and, and, and she was looking at their money, going, "Yeah, really? This is yeah. not a real show." Like people come up to me and go, "I love your show." Yeah. So is it not a show? Yeah. It's a show. Yeah. It's a, sh- it's a one- it could be one minute. It could be a show. Yeah. Um, and it's funny how is you know the we tend to edit out right. Take, we tend to take out more and more. I mean, mm-hmm. my show had so much stuff in it, and just kept. Yeah, that's like a out. that's a problem I have is I take out so much. And then someone wants to book me for a gig, and I'm like, my show's only 30 minutes long. That's the, yeah. And they're like, oh, we're kind of looking for an hour. And then I have to chuck in all this B material just to fill out an hour just because that's what they want. Yeah. It's like, ugh. Should have like a half-hour movie to show them first. Yeah. Like something you just produce. Like something really cool. Story of Al. Something really cool. Something really cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or after the fact. whatever. Yeah, one of the two. Or both. Or just 20 minutes of Q&A. Yeah. So you do 40 and then 20 minutes of Q&A. Yeah. Talking about the creative process. Mm. Yeah, Get right. all the acting students there and all the, you know, you can build it that way. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, cool. I think this week, yeah, I, you know, just do, because I think you're right. It sucks to have to add shit and it's not, it's not a material mm-hmm. and you're getting paid for it. There's nothing mm-hmm. worse than knowing that you're not delivering. Mm-hmm. Feeling like, ah, like, yeah, mm. like, you know. But yeah, you could probably do that. Mm. Especially now that you have a platform. Yeah. You know, it's like, Get a separate Facebook group for that, right? You know, yeah. more about you know the creative tips for creative mm. tips for creatives. There you go. <laughs> right, expand that out, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Well, the thing about about niche is that have you have you experienced? Has this happened yet? Has anyone who's not a street performer been interested? Yeah, because that's yeah. what happens. That's, someone, that's the anomaly. Me. That's the weird thing about niche. Mm-hmm. Is that you? You get a narrow niche, and then people tend from the outside. They want to go in. Yeah. They want it. They want in. Mm-hmm. So, what, what was that? Who was that? Um, he was a guy from Canada who had seen my show, not a performer, but had been inspired by the way I got people to pay. Sure, dude. And if you were a salesman, dude, yeah, take that course. So he got in touch with me. Uh, yeah, when I was when I was, I forget when it was, maybe six months ago or something. And he was like, yeah, I'm really interested in taking your course just, just for the fact that you were really good at selling. Yep. I was like, okay. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. Yeah. I think it's really, really smart. Yeah. Because it really is like – Good for him. I think I could, I could probably do a, 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 like a, a speech or a course on, on owning a room. 
you know, on standing up and, and creating mm-hmm. focus and silence and and making people, uh, you know, really focus on what you're saying and be really quiet and and take in and how to be clear about what you're trying to say mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, and presence yeah. and gravity and empathy. Playing big. Yeah. You're very good at that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think that's uh, – I think I could – I could do something on that that would definitely help salespeople and people, anyone who stands in front of other people and speaks. Right, which is yeah. a lot of people. That's a lot of people, pastors, yeah. uh, salespeople, whatever, just yeah. anyone who stands and talks in front of people. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, – I mean, I, obviously, I don't have all the answers at how to become a speaker, but if you are in front of people, I know how to – really make people focus on you and buy from you. Yeah. 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 I, I, that's, I mean, obviously the course itself probably could easily, someone could learn from it who's not a street performer, but mm. I can imagine a, a course that was, you know, kind of stylized for a lot that. Of the stuff, a lot of the stuff I wrote in the course, I was like, if I took out the word street Right, that's what I'm thinking. Exactly. This, it's just languaging. Yeah. It's little t- language changes. Yeah. And it becomes something different. Mm-hmm. So that's another. That's a project for another time. Like mm-hmm. I said, it'll it'll present itself eventually. Yeah, exactly. That's you know, how it works. The ideas. I just like. It's funny when an idea comes, and I'll be like, a week ago, I had no idea about this idea, but now the idea is here, and I'm making it happen. It's really strange. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I talk about in, in my talk. I talk about the RAS, which is the reticular activating system, which mm. is in the brain. And the, the RAS is really cool because it's um, it, it's a filter. It filters. So we, we basically take in tons of impetus, tons of information every minute, tons of it. And if it all went into our conscious mind, if we, if we were actually aware of everything that we were noticing, we would go crazy. Mm. If we were aware of our blood flowing through our body and our heart beating and, and you know, just everything, we'd go crazy. So what happens is the RAS filters out the things that are important, keeps that in the conscious mind. And the things that are not important goes into the subconscious, right? It's just like a, it's just a filter. It's like a mm-hmm. dump. Um, but the way it knows what's important is about what we think about, mm. what, what our thoughts are, right? You know what I mean? So if we have a thought like, I don't know what this would look like, for example, like you have this idea for this corporate potential package mm-hmm. for, or for speakers or for you know, entrepreneurs, you don't know what it looks like, but it's just, it's just, you just, you tell the RAS, just scan for that information yeah wherever i go just just keep an exactly. eye out for it so i'm like, listening yeah. yeah listen to podcasts things and, will come and, up and, right. a book, and, and, and so your rs is going taking that yep. taking that taking that exactly so the way and a couple of ways to really explain the rs is when you're in a crowded room and you hear your name across the room mm. like just not even yelled but just mm. someone says al and you're like that's the rs yeah. when you buy a red car you notice red cars everywhere yeah that's the ras same as okay. camper. I just bought a camper. Right, you know notice cameras everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> right, so this is the RAS. So what we literally, we, we, we're programming. Of course, it happens also the opposite way. If we think about shit, if we think about stuff that we don't want to have happen, mm-hmm. if we think about what we don't want, we're telling the RAS to, th- to search for what we don't want. Mm. So it, it's really important to be vigilant about, mm. about not thinking about what we don't want, but thinking about what we do want. Mm-hmm. In other words... You know, instead of like being um, for weight loss, you could be, you could, or instead of being against weight loss, like I, you know, I, I'm against, I don't want to be fat. You could be for health. Hmm. 
for being thin, mm-hmm. for being healthy. So it's just a little switch though, but it really tells the RAS to scan for healthy, not fat. Because mm-hmm. the RAS doesn't really understand irony or, or you know, like kind of like word play. You know, it just it just hears what what mm. it, what what you think about it hears it as it is. Yeah, but I think it's just so important um, to spend time programming the RAS. Yeah, and have how do we do you, that um, by thinking? Yeah, just sit in time and just think. Have you heard of um, daily mind medicine? No, it's a podcast. It's only like five ten minutes each cool. day. Yeah, uh, by Taylor Welch. You should check it out. Good, I will. I yeah. will. He talks about some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a guy named Mike Dooley who's also big into this. I haven't picked up much of his stuff, but uh, he talks a lot. He's a big thing about, I think it's his phrase is thoughts become things, I think. Mm. But he was, uh, yeah, right. He's big on that. Yeah, I mean, I I can't stress that enough with with people. You know, just stay positive Mm. and stay focused on what you want. Yeah. And let go of of it having to happen. You know? yeah, it's funny. I don't. I don't really like set giant goals. You know, like I didn't have a big goal for my course at all. I was just like, I need something to do, so I'm going to do this. It's great. See, it's it's so interesting. But the goal. So you didn't have a goal. I mean, my goal was to get it done. Right. See, that's that's. But I didn't that have like oh, I'm going to. I no, want to make right. a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, like that's yeah. not my goal. Yeah, yeah. You know. See, that's so that's important. So part of this this rule of manifestation is. Is we say yes to it happening, mm-hmm. but we let go of the how and the when. Mm. We get caught up with the how and the when, mm. and that stops us from doing anything. When's it going to happen? How am I going to do this? I don't know how to do it. I don't know when. I won't do anything. The goal is just to say yes, a big overwhelming yes yeah. to it happening. Forget perfection. Yeah. Trust the process. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's perfection, please. Really? Who, yeah. How? I mean, really, it's like... It's funny when I'm editing editing a video, I'll notice something. I'll be like, "Man, it doesn't matter," <laughs> you know. I think that comes from music too. Yeah, you know, working with you and uh, Sean Slade, um, and making you know, and little little things that yeah. I thought were mistakes. They, you guys are like, "No, no, that's cool. Leave yeah. that in." In fact, I regret almost everything that I've recorded. I regret. I regret. I think I've over edited everything. I really wish I can go back mm. to everything I've ever recorded and just let things breathe a lot yeah. more. Let like real mistakes be there. Let let mm-hmm. out of tune. Things be there. People like that stuff. I was watching. There's a great YouTube channel. Um, it's this guy that basically takes songs and he'll like, for example, he he auto tuned Journey, mm. his voice, Steve, uh-huh. uh, who's almost perfect anyway. But but just a small town girl, right, living just just a small. That first just was wrong. Huh. It's All just right. just a small town. He he he's off. Yeah, and and it's like. So that was a product of a timing because that was done in the 80s and that was right before Pro Tools and right before uh-huh. editing really hit where yeah. they could auto-tune and stuff. So they just couldn't. Yeah. So it was what you did and it was what you, yeah. what you did. But it's I mean, real. If, but then what happens is he goes through and he auto-tunes the whole thing and you hear it again. It's like it's not good anymore. Yeah. And he, he um, quantized. He put perfectly into the beat John Bonham right. from Zeppelin. Yeah, took away all of the groove, yeah. all of the heart, all yeah. of it. It's just gone. He took yeah. a Van Halen tune, which is so Van Halen didn't play with a click track, right? Right. It was all over the place. He could try. He tried to find the. He tried to put a click in to find out what the average tempo was, and it was just mm-hmm. just all over. And so he quantized it all. It just sounded terrible. People like the human touch. Yeah, it's like when you're doing a show, it's like when I when my wife has a a YouTube channel uh, where she teaches yoga. It's like anything, any mistake she makes, 
I'm like, leave it in. People like that stuff. They do. They really do. Yeah. They really do. Um, the dog comes in and says hello, or the dog's barking. Just say, my dog's barking. Sorry. Yeah. You know, like that. People like that stuff. Yeah. It makes it makes people like connect with you more because mm-hmm. they they feel like they know you more. And you're just being natural. You're not trying to put on any any type of pretension or trying to be something. You mm. know what I mean, you're just showing up, and that's that's the that's the beauty of of. What what goes viral yeah. is basically those things for yeah, the most yeah. part, or people that mimic that really well. Mm-hmm. Like years ago, it was a friend of mine actually who did the who filmed the video. It was the first one that went viral. It was a magician who did a card trick or a magic trick to a cop, mm. and the cop like freaks. The guy like either he has like pot, and then he vanishes the pot, and the cop like freaks out on him. Mm. And my friend Jesse filmed it, um, and it just it's it it went viral, and everyone was like. What an asshole! Like you know, everybody had an opinion. Yeah. You know, how why would that kid do that or that cop? Everyone had an opinion. Reality was it was fake, but they hired an ex-cop, uh, so they it just it just had the feeling of being real. Yeah, and yeah. Jesse's really good at, but so they fabricated what looked natural, mm. and they was able to hit hit over yeah. and get viral. But it's those types of things. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't have any idea how to make a viral video. But. <laughs> I think the people who are selling that idea how to make a viral video are, are, are yeah. trying to – they're pulling something over. Us. Yeah. You I keep making videos that help people, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't I get can't any traction. I can't imagine any of them ever going, you know. I mean, you have some good content, but it's a, it's a niche It's it a, niche a niche thing. Yeah. You're not, I mean, why would it – you know, a destruction on street performing is not going to get a million hits. No. Street performing might. Um, but, Yeah. I mean, I can't. I mean, I mean, I'm just one of many, many coaches out there. I mean, I can't mm-hmm. really, you know. I mean, I'm a drop in the in the thing. You right. know? Sometimes right. it's it's hard to actually sometimes create the content, knowing that, you know, again, that expectation, letting go of that expectation. Because yeah. if I if I create content knowing that no one's going to listen or they will or whatever, yeah. then I won't do it. Uh-huh. So I just try to just put it out there anyway. And yeah, um, I just I don't really try too hard. Whenever I have a thought on something, I just start writing in my phone mm-hmm. in the notes, and I yeah. just write out the thought, and then I go, I can record that as a video, easy. Mm-hmm. Go cool. record it, put it up, boom. Do you just use the notes app on the iPhone? Notes, yeah. Okay, I'm always curious about how people. Yeah, um, and then I what remember. I do is I um I po- I send that to my email, and I open it on my iPad, and I bring it into a teleprompter app. And, we, and then I put the iPad down, and it goes through my homemade. What app, what app? What app do you use? Teleprompter. It's an app for the it's iPhone. Called, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called okay. Teleprompter. So you hear that process? I'm, I'm so I, mean, I love process like that. So because I mean, to me, is like we're all creative. We're all creative, but it's the people that have a way of organizing their creativity are the ones that can actually do something with it. I'm best with words, with writing, not not vocal, not recording, not voice recording. Yeah, you like yeah. I used to use my voice recorder for songs from when we played music. Sure, Um, but everything else is in my notes. Yeah, notes. Yeah, there's an app called there's an app called Temi. Oh yeah, it's ten cents a minute. It's a trans- voice transcription. Oh yeah, yeah. So the app itself is—it's got a mic. It's a yeah. simple app. You open it up, it's a mic. You record it, and then you can send it off, and it comes back. Mm-hmm. Rev too. Rev is Rev's another, another one. one. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, they're, they're actually, cool. I actually, um, I recommended that Temi and Rev in my course actually because for people to voice record their entire show, yep, have it transcribed, have a script that you can edit, yep. If you don't want to just write yeah, it out yourself, it's, it's great. I mean, think about it. You do a whole show; it's four or five minutes. It's less than it's less than five bucks mm-hmm. yeah. for a transcription. I mean, really. So let's, I just want to backtrack there. So, so you have an idea, you open up your notes app, mm-hmm. 
write you, it down. You voice dictate it and flesh it out. Right? No, I just write you it. Just, you type, you it, type it. Type it out. Flesh it out to email it to your so my email. It, email it to your to your to your to myself to yourself. Basically. Open it on my iPad and then put that into a teleprompter yeah. app mm-hmm. and then record a video. Yeah. See. Well, I I made a I made a homemade teleprompter out of a piece of wood and a a, a picture frame. Held up by a little pencil at this forty-five degree angle. <laughs> yeah. right? It's pretty funny. Whatever it takes. You put the camera behind. No one it. can see it. You put the iPad Nobody in front of it. it. No one yeah. sees it. No. Yep. And then you know, I just I, sure. I I've learned how to speak so it looks like I'm not reading. Yep. yep. Um, how to how to say my own words, and I've I've learned how to script my own words. Yep. So they sound like the way I talk. Yeah. And not like I'm saying all these words yeah, that yeah. I don't use. Sure. You know. I just invested in a Kickstarter um, thing. It's it's called a center screen mic. Hmm. So imagine this is your laptop. Oh, it's got a, it's got a boom arm, and it's, it comes right here and it sits right there. Huh. And it's a little tiny little mic, but it's it's four K. Yeah, it's like this big, and it just just so it's a, it won't it won't block your view. Mm. So you could either tell teleprompter or you could have a YouTube session or mm. whatever. And you're actually looking at someone in the eye. Mm. That's one of the things that really bothers me about what I'm doing right now is mm. I don't I'm not. I can't, mm-hmm. right? Either I have to look into the camera and not see my audience, mm. or look at the audience and I look like, you know, I don't look. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's pretty much everyone. So it's not like it's ninety nine percent of the people. When very few people uh, have any ability to do that center cam or, right. or teleprompter type of stuff. It's very rare. When I uh, I did my live webinar recently, yep. And I didn't use a teleprompter, but I had the whole thing in front of me on mm-hmm. the screen yep. and the camera, right? You know, is obviously at the top of my little Mac. Yeah. Um, and you, I mean, it's I'm not obviously I'm not reading, but I'm using it as notes. Yeah. And a lot of the time I'm looking at the camera, but when I'm looking at the notes, you can't really tell, you know, because I'm yeah. far enough away. Yeah. From the screen, but when you're using a teleprompter, you're looking right at the lens. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're looking right at the person, and I've noticed, I've I've learned that you don't you don't speak to a group of people. You just speak to one person. Like you imagine there's one person, and you just like I'm just speaking to you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm telling you a tip about whatever, I'm just yeah. talking to Jason. That's great. Um, because if you, yeah, it's just because there's only one person watching it. Yeah, you know. So I use I use words like you know you and your and then right. you know just. So it's just really uh, focused on one person. Right. And I think that in marketing, especially like for our shows, when we want to book things, like if you market to a bunch of people, you've got to market to just like you're marketing to one person. Um, and, and when you're selling, when you're selling on your website and, you know, or your coaching service or whatever, if it's a webinar and tons of people are going to see it, you still have to direct it to one person. Because there's only one person watching it at, yeah. the, at a time. Right, yeah. One person on the website, one person. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's, that's great. I'm going to double check my copy. I think I'm, I think I'm good on that. I can double check, though, yeah. if, I, if I'm using plural or mm-hmm. not. Or, but I like that idea. I like that. Um, yeah, I, I think I, you sent me something that I sent you a couple of notes on. And I think the one thing I said to you was try to use words, try not to use words that you don't use when you speak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Snap Boogie sent me something recently as well. And I was like, this doesn't sound like you at all. Mm-hmm. He sent me this whole worded thing. I was like, yeah, he's like, but I'm trying to. Do-. I'm like, it doesn't matter. What-. Like, just be yourself. Don't try and be all wordy and smart because it's not you. Like, just write the way you talk. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 
it, yeah, we often work a little too hard. You know what I mean? We, we, yeah. We, like, we, we, we just, it's a lot of simpler. If I'm we just definitely more speak. articulate writing mm-hmm. than I am speaking. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times I'll write something out, uh, like a whole video, yeah. and I'll read it out loud, and I'll be like, I wouldn't say that, I wouldn't say that, I wouldn't say that, right. and I'll adjust it. Right. And a lot of, them, a lot of, my, a lot of my adjustments are gonna and wanna and – because I don't say going to and, wa- and want right, to, sure. you know, like in my regular, right. I just try to be more natural. Mm-hmm. So those are a lot of my adjustments I make after I write something, uh, just just trying to make it sound like it's more me. Yeah. That's why. I, I think I write like I my dictate. father talks. Yeah. <laughs> you write I, like, uh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I write like my father talks, and I, but I talk like I talk. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely use voice dictation, and I think it definitely helps me, mm. too, because I'm just dictating what I'm saying. Yeah. So, I mean, that's generally how I create stuff. I don't always have... Most of my emails are written that way. I don't always have the whole thought, though. I need time to kind of... And move things around a lot, mm-hmm. you know? I do a lot of moving things around to make it flow right. Because a lot of people say that about my videos. They're like, it's just so clear and concise. And So, how do you do that? Well, I mean, I I basically, first I start writing, I write out everything on the subject and then I figure out an order, you know, I just go, what order should all this information be in? And I put it in that order and then I go through it and I cut out anything that's repetitive. I cut out any, even words that are repetitive. Oh, I already said space in that sentence. Don't say it again in this sentence, you know, just, um, and then I, I put it in an order. I edit out as many words as I can that still gets the point across. Um, it's just basically less words. Trying to get everything across in less words. Mm-hmm. And that comes from Seinfeld. You know, yeah. he, do, he, When he writes jokes, he takes as many words out as possible. Yeah. And th- when the joke's still funny with the least amount of words. Yeah. Yeah. You take one more word out, no longer funny. Mm-hmm. Then you've got to put that word back in and it's still funny. Mm-hmm. So that's the same. That's how I treat it. Jimmy Carr. Oh, yeah? That is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two-word joke. Two-word joke. Dwarf, Dwarf shortage. shortage. <laughs> <laughs> it is good. I, I'm trying to find that routine because that's he has he does like a bunch of different. He's like four, three, two, maybe one-word yeah, joke. Yeah, he does. He is What's five, his one-word? Does he have a one-word joke? Nah, two-word joke. He's crazy. He's the lowest. You just look at something. Five-word joke. Yeah. Um, so that, that's how I do that. And yeah. I, I, I think it comes from doing my show mm-hmm. and speaking in my show. I always make sure I'm clear with what I'm saying in my show. My mm-hmm. jokes, everything I say in my show is very clear and can be heard from 200 feet away. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't just sound like a, a guy sp- speaking through a microphone that's muffled or whatever. You can hear the words, every single word from a really far away. So you can hear a joke in its entirety and go, that sounds funny. What's this guy doing? And then go over there. Yeah, I think it's an important piece that beginners might not realize. It. Sometimes I mean, people, not people even are, just people, beginners. No, but sometimes people are not laughing because they can't understand they can't it. understand, yeah. It's like, not beginners, but it could be anybody. Some, oh, we know actually some performers who speak really quickly. They go too fast. Just, I just feel that it's like so much. For three years, I actually had, um, because I used to, oh my God, but when I started, I listened to a recording of myself and I was like, oh my God. It's twice as fast as I think. Yeah. So I had a big thing. It's a slow down. I put it in my case. Every time I open up my case to start my show, it's a slow down, mm. and it, it helped. No, you have a good cadence now. Thanks. Yeah. It took yeah. it took some time because I'm naturally a fast talker and a little on the sloppy side on speaking. So mm. it's, it took me. 
And I forget years ago, this was actually before I had, a, I had some sinus surgery, but I remember one of the, um, oh, it was maybe Allison from uh, the uh, trapeze, whatever, uh, girls. Yeah. But she said, you have a very congested, but it works for you. <laughs> she said, it works for you. But that was I was really congested before I had surgery. Yeah. It was terrible. I couldn't breathe. Yeah. It was years ago. Oh, my God. Yeah, right. Um, no, but you have a good cadence now. I think cadence is really important because um, that can you can train the audience with your cadence. Right. It's totally hypnotic. Yeah, totally hypnotic. And you can say a joke, and if you say it in the same way that you've said 10 other jokes – that have been funny, they'll laugh at that joke even if it's not funny. Yeah. Uh, oh, he said that in the way he said that. Ah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. It's yeah. true. It's, um, I think about Bike Boy who had some mm. jokes that made no sense whatsoever and mm -hmm. it would still get a laugh because mm. he consistently delivered them the same way. Yeah. He had a style and a, and a way and very slow. Too slow. Too slow. Yeah. Some might there's think. There's too fast and there's too slow. Yeah, right? you're on the slower side, but yeah. you know, it's just, yeah, there's no, you could always sit, that's the thing is like, He's success. He did really well, and and so there's no. You can always break a rule. I mean, you know. Yeah, you, you can. Never, it's it's one of those things. You know, you got to know when for your own self to, to let it, to say that rule is not going to apply for me yeah. because I'm going to do it my way. But you got to be honest. Are people paying you for it? Right. You know. He he sounds. And someone has actually asked me if he's special. Yeah, sure. You know, because yeah. he's so slow and he's, so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, but I mean, it works for him. It does work for him. I mean, for him, his pacing is it's beautiful and it he, works. And maybe I, drops out too many words. And he drops out a lot of the in between words as well. You know, put the bike on pole, mm -hmm. juggle. You know, yeah. And uh, <laughs> everyone gets it, and it's sure. dumbed down. Yeah, all yeah. the way. Yeah, you know, it's something years ago. I was—I forget which book I was reading, but it was about public speaking, and it was just about how the orators back in the day, before there were sound systems, speaking to like you know a thousand people or mm. more, it was all about constructing the sentences. Mm. So it, the words begin, beginning and, and, and begin and end with with good strong words, mm. because you can't have any trailing off things. Uh -huh. And I remember you talking about this when going to Edinburgh and performing outside with no mic. Mm. You learn to edit your show. You learn to, oh, yeah. to get rid of all that stu stuff that does not doesn't matter. And you just drop the bombs, the big statements. Mm -hmm. But I remember learning that, you know, yeah, just the way those orators worked is that they everything was designed that the words would end with big powerful mm. block strong consonant words. Yeah, it's uh, so they could be heard. Someone actually gave me a good idea recently, and because um, I've done that in the past, where you don't use a microphone and you edit yourself to say only what's needed mm -hmm. in your show, because when you use a microphone, you can say yep. anything, um, and you tend to say too much. So, and that's a great way to edit yourself. And yeah. someone recently let, let me know that a really good way to do it is to convert your show to another language. Cool, you know, because then. You really only say what's yeah. necessary. Yeah, that's that's another you level. Really economize. You know, I, mean, I only know. I mean, how many languages does Clark do his show in? He's oh. one of the few that could do five. He's got, it's yeah, five. he's got a few. Yeah, I think he could. That's amazing to do your show in five different languages. Unreal. Yeah, unbelievable. No, I can't. I mean, no, I, I go to Germany. I go I, to. I can't do it. Places where they don't, where English isn't the first language, but they do understand English, mm -hmm. and I speak very slowly. That's all. I throw in a few German words mm -hmm. that I that I know, but I've never, I've never converted my whole show to yeah. to another language, which is you know would be a great way to economize words. 
Sure. You know? Yeah, I mean, if you needed to. I mean, that's surely a way to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so it's uh, that's what it's all about, is just uh, being concise and clear. Mm-hmm. You know, in the show, in web copy, in email copy, anything. Just being clear and concise, vid- making videos. And, uh, yeah, I do, I do a little, I think, you know, my writing and my editing takes up most of the time. Oh, it takes a couple of minutes to shoot a video. Yeah. All, all the work goes into preparation. Yep. And, you know, and this, these days you can really do everything with your computer or a phone. And, mm. you know, I mean, you really don't have to invest in, you know, I mean, it's best just to get the stuff done. You know what I mean? I did like everything myself except for my, my webinar, which runs on my website. Um, I, I wrote, I mean, I wrote it, but I had my friend Fred come over and shoot it with two cameras and he's really good at, um, video editing and animation as well. So he did all the animations mm-hmm. and all the titles and everything. Um, but yeah, but everything else I just did myself. All the shooting of videos, the hosting, the web, like all the, all the, everything. I didn't ask for help. You know, I probably should have. I, I, I obviously I got help from different sources yeah, on the internet. Yeah, a whatever, lot of information. But, yeah, but the thing is, you had the information, but then you did it. And you just went, went yeah, forward yeah. and did it, and, and knowing that it wasn't going to be perfect, hmm. and you're still going to, you know, you're going to, you know, like the issues with Facebook. I mean, you're going to get issues that are pop up. I mean, that's what's hmm. annoying. And now I just have it fully automated now. Yeah, you know, I have, I I have my Facebook group. I put up videos there. Um, there's every like the, the the video that people first see is a welcome video to the group. So when they first come on, that's the first thing they see. And at the end of that video, it points them to my website. Yep. At my website, there's a video on the front page of the website that convinces them to watch my webinar. Mm-hmm. And when they watch my webinar, that convinces them to buy the course. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And then when they buy the course, it's not there yet, but it's going to convince them to opt in to a higher level coaching. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done that yet, but that's that's probably the next thing. Yeah. I is think the, so. the higher ticket coaching item. Yeah, I think so. Um that would be great, you know. I mean the one on one. Because right now I have I have group coaching calls where mm-hmm. people can come on a Zoom call and then we can all chat about whatever. Yeah, that's 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 good. Like a one on one coaching. But there thing. there will be people who who, who want the specialized one on one, who really want to take this to the next level, realize that the course, you know, you can learn the stuff. Um you can you can watch the stuff, say, but you know uh-huh. you can go out and you can you can go out and do it, mm. you know, and that's where coaching really helps because it kind of gives you accountability. Mm. You know what I mean? When you're working with a coach, it's like you know. Yeah, it's funny. I have uh, like I doubt myself sometimes. Like uh, one of the one of the things that is included in my course is a review of your show. Uh, people can send me a video and mm-hmm. I'll watch it. Yeah, and I'll point out everything that's wrong with it. It's great. Mistakes and tell them how to fix them. Yep. But I have. I don't always have confidence in that. I'm like, well, this person already has a good show. Maybe what if they send me the video and I'm like, oh, okay, they needed to fix that and they need to do this, 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 and this, and that's it. Like, it's funny to just know something that well but still not have the, conf- sure. the confidence. Like, well, what do you know to be true? I mean, if, when, when you watch those videos, have you, fer- have you ever seen a video that was just perfect? No. No. So that's it. Is but your, I mean, not even yours. Yeah. No? no. Anybody can have, you know, yeah. exactly. So that's just... That's just, uh, uh, yeah. It's uh, what's the word? Um, staying on formula. 
No, I'm just saying the fear is, is not is not a uh, it's not um, valid. Right. It's not it's not real. It's right, not, right, you, know, right. you know what? Uh, the question around the question that we we use with fear is what do you know to be true? Mm. That's the question. Whenever someone says I'm afraid, I say, well, what do you know to be true about that? Mm. You know, I mean, actually, you know, are you actually going to die? I mean, because mm. you know, it's funny because we talk about fear. I mean, there's very few people that say hang upside down in a straitjacket. Yeah. What is the worst thing that could happen? Well, it's pretty bad. Yeah. So it's weird. Yet I do it anyway because it's calculated for me because I have done the training. I do know what it's made of. I yeah. knew, I do know the equipment. I know that it's mm-hmm. the odds of it happening are so low. But that's so that's what I know to be true. You just tuck your chin in, whatever happens. <laughs> Your fault. Tuck your I chin picture, in. I, I'm telling you, up there, I picture it a lot. I, yeah. I picture what it would be like to to, to just suddenly so do I. boom and fall. Yeah. You know, and it's just not a good feeling. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. I feel windy days. It's funny. Like, I feel. When I've gone up like really high, like a hundred feet, I feel better, more more comfortable that mm. that way because I'm using m- different gear, mm. like much heavier gear, mm-hmm. and I'm also hanging off of a crane, crane or something like that that's like used to hanging, you know, steel. Mm-hmm. So I feel very like yeah, like it's no not worried about anything yeah. happening. You know those the the, the 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 slings that I use, whatever those big yellow. Something to be said about fear, though. It's uh, it's a good. It helps with suspense in a show. You know, you see shows that don't have any fear, any suspense from the performer, mm-hmm. and they're not that fun. They're no. not, not that great. Yeah, you got to have a little bit I'm of like standing on a box, juggling knives. Okay, it's great. amazing because huh? some people can make things look. And that was a big thing for me, of course, is is knowing that I was doing a comedy. Mm. And yet, still wanting the escape to be real, which mm. it is, and feel dangerous was a real kind of, and I'm very proud of that. Mm. That the jokes I deliver kind of ride that. Mm-hmm. I'm not too clowny because I know mm. other guys who do straight jackets, they're fully comedy. Mm. It's like full on comedy that the straight jacket, yes, they're doing it, but there's something incongruent mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. So I always want to have that balance. So just, just enough. Yeah, it is a real trick. It is a trick. It is a trick because, mm. you know, because then they just don't believe it. Mm. You know, um, now you just need a real straight jacket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do they make those? They make real ones? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, who was, uh, when I was, you know, that you were away that weekend when Penn, mm-hmm. Penn came and did his little reality show at Final Hall and then basically on TV revealed how the more rope the more rope he's like yeah the more rope you use the easier it is to get out right. he's like right on the, oh, thanks man yeah. thanks a lot expose the secrets yeah whatever <laughs> they, they, that's what they've always done that they've always yeah there's it. you know there's obviously a line between comedy and suspense but you know making fun of the fact that you're afraid is funny yeah you know, yeah. but also being afraid is electrifying. Yeah. You know, yeah. people are just like tense. Yep. They're tense. And then yep. as soon as you, those feet hit the ground, mm-hmm. they're like, oh. And that yeah. feeling makes them want to pay. Yeah. It's, you know, the joke. I mean, which is, you know, not, not too original, but the idea of just telling them to go home, like after I'm struggling yeah. upside down, the first, the first joke I make after the music pauses, it's really suspenseful music, and then the music pauses, and I just say, go home, because I'm stuck. Yeah. There's that thing of like, oh, shit. Like, break the tension. Break the tension, and it's like, oh, and, and kind of the way I deliver it is almost like I'm afraid like, a little bit. Like, you know, like, go home. Uh, all comedy is tension yeah. breaking. That's right. Yeah. 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 Speaking of that, um, you know, I just mentioned earlier that the, the, the George Carlin documentary is going to come mm. out soon, or going to be filming soon, and I cannot wait to see that. Yeah. You know? Is obviously a huge influence on on us. Yeah, is, totally. Is Mr. Carlin. 
And um, so the other thing I was thinking about is, is because when I'm upside down, because I'm not using a mic, that helped me a lot to do mm. those block, mm-hmm. to make things, only, only say things that, that are important, mm. that are actually worth it. Edit out everything else. Because I just can only have so much air and, Cast you know, away the unnecessary. Yeah, cast away. Is that what somebody's teaching a course? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, exactly. Just cast it away. Yeah, man. Get rid of it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So what else? I'm, I always have a... I always have a couple of questions I like to ask people. Yeah. So let me do those right now. They're kind of fun. Um, let's see here. What should I see? Let's, what, um, what do I want to ask you today? I want to ask you, what, um, where is it? So I, I don't think it's here, but I know what it is. What, what is your, what's your favorite thing that you own? Favorite thing that I own? <laughs> Huh. Like physical. Like what do I get the most in joy out yeah, of? Yeah, yeah. What brings you the most joy exactly? Huh. I think it's my show equipment. Yeah. Yeah, it's my little my my little box. Your like, box. It's yeah. funny because I was looking at I was at my house the other day, right? And this is a perfect question because like I've got a cool car, I've got a camper, I've got this big house, I've got all this stuff in the house, nice got a, a fireplace and a nice kitchen and a bathroom, a nice bed and a yoga room and, and another room and this, you know, just like all this stuff. And then I was down there in the basement and I'm, I'm, I saw my, my little pelican box of equipment and I went, all this is because of that. I have all this because of that little box. That's right. You know, so I think it's I think it's the box of, of props for my show. Yeah, I lost I lost one in uh, Edinburgh one year. It was devastating. Shit. Oh my god, stolen. Yeah. Oh my god, jerk. Yeah. So okay. yeah, I think it's I think it's my and I, I take so much pride in the way my my equipment looks and the, how much it weighs because it has to weigh under fifty pounds yep. for the for the plane. And I, I and the, and the fitting everything in the right way mm-hmm. and the sign on the front and just everything about it. I think that's probably it. Yeah, that's you know that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, mm. Something about that you could always tell the the a street performer who's a, a newbie, but who's really like inspired because they're really they're building their case, right? Like they're building their their, their little their little setup the kit, like their little kit, and like you know what I mean. Like and they mm. saw someone use a suitcase, so now they're going to use a little suitcase. They usually grab one from their like grandma's closet. Mm. It's like a, you know like some kind of fabric suitcase, yeah. but it looks like. It's got a handle, and they could pull it, and they could walk onto the pitch, and it feels yeah. like a street performer. Yeah. That's part of it. And I think mean, we all did that growing. And we, you know, just I remember that having that and being a minimalist, um, you know, having it like just having knowing that that exactly that equipment, mm. I can live my life yeah. just that case. Yeah, like if anywhere in the world, I can I can survive and pay pay my rent. Yeah, that. yeah, it's pretty cool. Isn't it's it? pretty cool. Cool. That's what. What else? I got another question. Let's see. Um, Okay, here's a good one. What what are some of your what are your non-negotiable daily routines? What are things that you do every day that are non-negotiable for you? Um, so that's for eating shit and stuff like that. Oh, well, brush we have your teeth. Breakfast, I always eat breakfast. Yeah, and food. But like, what else in your day do you feel like is a non-negotiable? <sighs> or are you on a regular basis? You could maybe not, not daily, but things. Everything just got screwed up with COVID, man. Because I yeah. had all this different stuff I did. Now I don't have anything that I do. You know what I mean? Like this, I mean, there's at home, there's the computer, which is writing or reading or learning. Uh, there's the books, which is reading and learning. Um, 
there used to be jujitsu, which was a, a great learning tool yeah. for me. Uh, you know, because the saying in jujitsu is when you don't when you don't win, you learn, and that's with everything. I love that. When you don't win, you learn. Um, there was jujitsu. There was you know. Um, there's there's hiking. There's the beach. There's. I mean, I miss a lot of the things that I used to do in Australia. I think I think a lot of those things have disappeared for me. I sometimes feel like I'm I'm living an alternate life. You know, because in Australia I lived near the city, I had a little apartment near the water, near the place where I performed. I could go to the beach really easily. Uh, my friends were close by, and I started coming over here. And doing, you know, uh, a month, two months, three months here, da, 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 da. and then it became. I moved here, and now I have a house, and I have like a lawnmower, and I have a snowblower, and I have to chop wood, and I have to garden, and I have to do yard work, and and I have to go through winter, and all of that feels like someone else's life. Mm. All of that doesn't feel like me. <laughs> so all that stuff, I could, I could say goodbye to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, those are things I do regularly that I, I don't feel like fit. You know, I don't, I never like, you know, growing up and living in Australia, living in Sydney, I don't know. I had to learn to do all that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I, yeah, it's just weird to me. So a lot of my days is filled up doing that kind of stuff. And so that stuff I I could easily get rid of, you know? Yeah. But I have to do that stuff because I live here. Um, but yeah, like, like yesterday, uh, yesterday was a nice day for me because I had an excuse to do nothing. I need an excuse to do nothing. I can't just do nothing. When I wake up in the morning, I'm either going to make a tea, start reading a book, do yoga, do a kettlebell workout. I'm going to do something or I've got a list. I've got a little list of things I'm going to do that day. I've got to go to the bank. I've got to go go get water. got to get this, got to get that. Um, but yesterday I had an excuse to do nothing because I went to the dentist I had a feeling because um, I had a feeling a couple of weeks ago and I don't know, something was wrong with it. It didn't work. It was still sore. So I went back yesterday and they they did it all again. But then my mouth is all like numb and that for me is an excuse to go home, make a tea and watch TV yeah. and do nothing. Sure. You know, because I normally save t- TV and shows for like nighttime. Mm-hmm. Um, but yesterday I was like, ah, I'm going to sit on the couch. I'm going to do nothing. Yeah, great. So I think... I think uh, one thing that's non-negotiable for me is um, daily is uh, the ability to say, uh, I'm done, no more. You know, I want to just chill out now. Mm. You know, that uh, just, just having that time to just say, uh, that's what I like about flying. You have no responsibility on a yeah, plane. Yeah, I know. None. None. You can sleep. You can eat. You can watch TV. So you can watch. You full, can just full do permission, nothing. Full permission just to yeah. sit. No, res- you can't make calls. You nothing. can't work. I mean, you could work if you want to. Yeah, you could write or something on a computer. Could, um, but a lot of permissions just just to sit and just just yeah. be. Yeah. So do having that kind of responsibility in in a regular day is something I like. That lack of responsibility, having at least a couple of hours or something where yeah. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. So, uh, curious how do you how do you switch? How do you turn off? Is there is there a, is there a process or a thought or is there something you're used to? Um, how do you go from like work to free time? I just know when I'm done. I just I'll be writing something and I won't be able to do it. 
I'd just be like trying it. Like last night, I was on the couch. It was late, and I was trying to trying to write new copy for this new show, right? And um, and I was thinking about all these all these different tennis like terms that would fit in with my copy, right? And 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 what I what I wrote on my website was. Um, Alakazam's new alter ego, Tennis the Menace, is sure to cause a real racket. <laughs> Featuring daredevil tennis stunts, audacious comedy, and a foreign accent, it's a smash hit circus show. You know what I mean? Like just trying to yeah. – so I was sitting there last night f- trying to figure that out. And it just re- I just reached a point where I was just like, uh, I can't think about it anymore. i got to yeah. put it away. Yeah. Just close the computer, put it away, and then, and then I just chill out. So it's either that. <laughs> Sometimes it's, it's uh, taking a shower actually. A lot yeah, of the times yeah. at the end of my, when I'm done, like whatever, I just go, I'm going to take a shower. And then I'll, I'll put comfy pants on. And so it's just right. You're changing your state. You're changing uh-huh. your environment. You're changing the feeling. Um, I also have that with when I'm going to perform. Like when I put my performing outfit yeah, on. Yeah, you've mentioned that before. Yeah, that, makes, that gets me into the, yeah. the, the performing <clears throat> headspace. Because there are different mindsets. And that's, a, a, you know, people, we, have, we can literally choose perspectives or mindsets we can choose to be in the professional mindset we can choose to have free time we could they're yeah. very different i mean they're different you know different ways of approaching it mm. you know um you know, i think people have a hard time giving themselves permission to do nothing yeah it, it is hard it's it really is hard. hard in fact that's something i ask in all the talks i do i ask everyone the question i ask everyone first but they raise their hand i say how many people schedule their, their doctor's appointments and they all raise their hands how many people schedule if you have a job that's different than your usual job? How many people write it down? They all do. How many people schedule free time and no one raises their hand? Mm. Taking a bath, taking a walk, hang, you know, being with your spouse. Mm-hmm. How many people just actually write it down? Nobody writes it down. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, why not? I, it's, and I proved to them how important mm. rejuvenation is. I mean, mm-hmm. how you cannot, you can't go pedal to the metal all the time. Yeah. You have to have some space. And then I bring up that quote of Miles Davis, space, uh, music is the space in between the notes. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's what life is, the space in between the notes or, or in between the, the big stuff. Yeah, I just, uh, I try and have a little little internal mantra, you know, throughout my day because I'll be thinking about, all right, you know, in a couple of weeks, I need to drive to Virginia. I've got to have a show ready. I've got to do this college gig. Then I have to drive back. And then the week after that, I've got to fly to a gig in this city. And then I've got to get my camper van ready to drive to this place. But then I, I just go, okay, all I've got to do right now is sit here and talk to Jason. All right? See? And, and that's all. That's it. That's all I have to do. That's it. And the next thing, it doesn't matter. The next thing's going to be walking out of here back to my car. Right. But I don't have to think about that right now. No. All I have to think about is this. No, because in reality, that doesn't exist yet. No. It's not there. It's no. just, and anxiety comes from, because I, people I hear so much about anxiety, and mm-hmm. I, I have very little anxiety because I don't dwell on the past or, or think about the future mm-hmm. that way. Because that's what causes anxiety is when you start comparing either to what was or to what is going to happen or, mm-hmm. and you, you're not in the moment. When you stay in the moment, everything is provided for in mm-hmm. this moment because mm-hmm. it's the concept of we've always, we always handle what's in front of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't handle what's in front of them? We, you yeah. do somewhere. I mean, even if you handle it badly, you're handling it. Like, okay, perfect example. Yesterday at the dentist, I went in there because I was like, my, my yeah. filling is still something yeah. I can't chew on that yeah. side. What's wrong? And eventually he said, we're going to have to do it again. And I was like, you know, like straight away, I was just like, oh, yeah. i got to do it again. Like right now, you mean? Can I reschedule? He's like, we should just do it right now. I was like, oh. 
and you don't want to do it. No. But you can handle it. That's so it. I just went, okay, just don't be a pussy. Just right. man up and just do it. Just do it. You know, and then I laid there and he drilled out the whole filling, put a new filling in, polished it up, did the whole thing. It was like an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, and I hate it. I hate sitting in the dentist chair, but mm-hmm. uh, I just, you know, I had the little sunglasses on. I'm just looking at the light with my <laughs> mouth open. My <laughs> lips, like, my lips are all dry. Yeah, They're like pulling blood, it, pulling blood. at my mouth with the tools, and you know, and it's it's uncomfortable. But you just kind of you just deal with it. You know, our friend Anton is hardcore. Anton does not use any what do you call Novocaine. Really? He has his teeth pulled. He said, and no, nothing. No no numbing agent? Nothing. Really? Why? The doctor says, because he, he, it, it bothers him. He's very, mm. He doesn't like feeling that, that out. When of, he gets his teeth drilled? Ugh. Nothing. Isn't that crazy? Couldn't he do gas or something? He doesn't want, he doesn't want the effects of the, of the drugs. Mm. Wow. Because, you know, I read an article years ago about a woman who was in a car accident and basically it was a traumatic experience for her and she refused medicine. Medicine Like they wanted to put on like, you know, morphine and shit and she refused it. And her ability to, to um, reconcile with what happened to her mm. emotionally, she was able to do that much quicker versus being completely fucking high. Mm. And you can't when you're high. You can't get into your emotions. You can't really... Yeah. Ass- really Get come to peace with it because you're just fucking high. Mm. So she was like, it was, and she had she had her like arms set without any meta, you know. And she, but she did all of it, went through it, and she said she yeah. recovered so much quicker. But I, I'm not, I'm not that strong. Uh, oh, fuck that. No, I couldn't do that. I've, I remember them pulling my teeth and just the feeling of the, the of pressure. The, the pressure was enough to be like, yeah. what? Yeah. That's you know bad. what I mean? My my dentist was this Italian dude. Like he might as well be mafia. He's this big Italian guy yeah. with the gold rings, and he's <laughs> your mouth ripped the tooth out. It was almost perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I had a traumatic experience with dental work when I was like, I don't know, like 15 years ago, and it's like just affected me. Yeah, I've had. John, I don't get into it because I. Yeah. I mean, when I was a teenager, I had so many different, so many different things going on with my mouth. Mm. Fuck. Yeah, I ended up having to leave the dentist and go like to an oral surgeon to mm-hmm. get the fix. Like, what? Look, that guy broke my tooth. I was friends stuff. with the oral surgeon. That's how much I went there. I mean, uh, every year I was going to this guy. And it was always yeah. on my birthday. It was like like three or four years in a row on my birthday. One day I went in because I, I had something. He was going to take something out. And then he said, you know what? And he said, so I think we should do this in a hospital. Really? Oh, that's mm-hmm. curious. So then he said, we'll check you into the hospital. We checked into the hospital. And then... Basically, he didn't like. He didn't tell us for some reason. Like maybe he told my mom. He didn't tell me what was going to happen. I had a cyst the size of a film canister huh. inside my sinuses, and they had oh. to remove it. So they had to wow. t- all these stitches and going through my. So I mean, so I went in to have a tooth removed or whatever, and then I woke up with tubes coming out of my face in a hospital for four days. So I was like kind of traumatized because I wow. was I was like, this is about tooth being pulled. This is like really intense. Yeah, it was like way worse than that. Um, mm. But yeah. Anyway, let's not end, let's not, let's not end on that one. Let's, <laughs> let's, I'm going to ask you another question. All right. Um, let's see. Um, what are three things that you're grateful for right now? Mm, well, I'm grateful that I still have a, a career. I'm grateful that I have a, a wife at home who is supportive of what I do. We love Tina. Yeah. And um, I'm grateful that I have like some security outside of just performing, you know. 
that I can not have to worry too much about finances because I've been smart with them in the past. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess those three things that I have a future, that I have a wife at home, and that I have, don't have to worry too much about my finances. <laughs> those are great things to be grateful for. Yeah. And I just want to draw out earlier when you mentioned that you actually were working as a grocery delivery guy mm-hmm. for a few days. Just shows your integrity, you know what I mean? And shows your commitment to success. And like, you just didn't want to have to go into your, you, yeah. just, you just wanted to make, bring money in. Yeah, I just Some wanted to, I I wanted to do something. Yeah. yeah, I know you. You just like, that's important to you is to, yeah. to see a positive flow. You know what I mean? It, yeah. I know it pains you to pull out of your account. Well, I mean, yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, get, I think the, I think I did it up until my unemployment started. And then it was like, because they did they the way they did it they kind of they kind of did it wrong they gave us too much money you know what i mean like cuz they were they were giving us 600 bucks a week on top of regular unemployment right and if i went in and did and delivered like a day's worth of groceries and made $200 i would miss out on $800 so once the unemployment started up i was like well, I guess I'm not going to deliver the groceries anymore because uh, not delivering the groceries makes more money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I don't. I, I was, I was able to get the PUA insurance, uh-huh. which has been great for me because I lost obviously my street performing gig. Yeah, um, it's not. It doesn't equal anywhere near what mm-hmm. I would make, but it's, it's, it's been, a, it's been a blessing. Yeah, yeah. It covers your really bills and your groceries. Yeah, it and really that. helps yeah. my bottom line. You know what I mean? So I don't distress as much, but it's not forever. No, but that's okay. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. So yeah, man. All right. Cool. <laughs> this has been fun. So almost two hours. Ah, there you go. Cool. So we're going to, we're going to, so how can, how can people get in touch with you? Um, we're going to leave links below, but why don't you tell them a little bit? Cool. Well, if they want to check out my course, it's ultimatestreetperformer.com. And if they want to check out my show, it's alakazamshow.com, A-L-A-K-A-Z-A-M show.com. And um, my Facebook group, uh, Tips for Street Performers, where, uh, where people can post tips, ask questions, request help, whatever, yeah. about street performing or any kind of performing, really. Uh, tips for street performers on Facebook. And uh, I think that's, that's about it. There's one more. Is there? Oh, yeah, I have a clothing brand. That's right. <laughs> we didn't get into that because there's too much to talk about. Yeah, I have another business. I have four businesses, but uh, my other business is I have a clothing brand called Freak Original, and that's because I do a lot of performing at tattoo conventions. And while I was there, I I started a uh, a, a, a clothing brand for for tattooed people and people. And it's just basically it's a, it says Freak on the front with a word original, you know, because the clothing brand. And uh, so, freakoriginal.com, you can check out uh, my clothing line it's as nice. well. Yeah. And, uh, Be a freak, everybody. And my fourth business, it doesn't really m- worth mentioning because, you know, if someone wants to rent an apartment, they'll look on Zillow. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and my apartment maybe will come up. Right. Yeah, there you go. Real estate. Yeah, real estate. Awesome. All right, dude. Well, thanks for being here. No worries. Thanks for, Cheers, mate. for watching, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Adios. Adios. Hey, this is Jason Gardner, and thanks for listening. 
in the description. Click on the link and you'll get right on my calendar for a free breakthrough discovery session where we're going to find out what you really want, what's holding you back, and how we can get you there as quick as possible.